Welcome back to Podcana episode 40. We're coming off the back of the, the meta being completely soft. No, I'm kidding. But the meta is on, uh, you can play on Pixelborn. There's been a lot of decks running around, people talking about, you know, maybe some things are too powerful, maybe some things are not powerful enough. Um, our experience with it so far, I think that maybe people are overreacting about a few cards. There are, there is some standout cards. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of room to brew, to be honest. We've been making a lot of progress. We've tried out a lot of decks that didn't work that we thought were going to be powerful. So, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. This week's episode is going to be as many spoilers as we can get into. And we're going to get into a lot, a lot of them. And in regards to how much we've been playing, I'm, I'm very, very confident on rating these, um, <clears throat> for power level. The, just the, the context of the metagame just, or the context of actually playing them in a deck adds such a, it's such a good layer to have in terms of trying to actually evaluate. Is this going to be impactful on the meta? For instance, we talked about Milo last week. That's a good card. Is it too slow in the metagame that we currently exist in or that we will exist in? Seems like maybe. So I'm happy we got the reps. Um, you guys, how has how your, your week's been? I know Moina, I've been playing a lot. I saw Kyle was playing a lot on stream. Been having fun with the new set. Yeah, man, it's been it's been a blast. It's been really, really fun. Um, my first deck I wanted to try out was Mufasa, mainly because I didn't actually play a Mufasa deck in set two. And I know a little people, uh, a few people were kind of hyping it up. I, I don't think it was like a tier one deck at all, but... It was really fun to basically make an all-character deck that I would say wasn't half bad, honestly. That was pretty good. That being said, like, we're going to talk about this a little bit. Like, a lot, anyone that, you know, is playing in this uh, little testing phase before um, actual set release that says, Oh my god, I found the next broken deck is like, come on. It's literally been a few days. <laughs> it's broken, so, it's like, broken Brent, for that time, for what it's worth. I mean, they're not yeah. wrong, but uh, yeah, things yeah. are in flux. We'll say that. Mm -hmm. For sure. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. I played a lot. Uh... But in, in the lab, it really doesn't tell you anything because it's kind of hard to lose in the lab, which is the unranked mode on the Pixelborn simulator. Um, but also, I've spent a lot of time just playing against Brandon different decks so that we got some actual testing in. But e even, even then, yeah. it's, it's, we're, so, we're at such early stages that I wouldn't really feel confident talking about the meta, which is why I feel, which is why I'm happy that we're just talking through the cards for now. Mm -hmm. And then. Yeah. Uh, leaving the meta discussions maybe for future episodes. I thought he was going to say, you know, it's hard to lose in the labs, but it's not good testing. I played a lot against Brennan, but it's also hard to lose against him. So it's <laughs> <No>. bad testing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Moin and I were playing a, a, quite a few decks. Obviously, we were playing the Jafar deck. Um, I was playing some Amber Steel, like anti song sort of aggro deck. And I was playing. Uh, I played that. That was pretty powerful. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. was yeah. Amethyst mm. Steel. Um, yeah, a few things, to be honest. Yeah. And, and there's Ruby Amethyst with the locations. There's the Pirates with the locations. There's the mm -hmm. the Infinite Beast combo uh, in in Emerald Steel that you can try to do. There's new Ramp decks in Sapphire, Sapphire Ruby, Sapphire Sapphire everything. Honestly, mm -hmm. so yeah, there's there's lots of room to explore. Yeah, I would say uh, Moin and I can't, the, we came away from that testing uh, with. Uh, the die roll was important, I would say. I don't think the person who lost a die roll ever won a single match. And this was with multiple decks. It's just like, um, I think we felt it a little bit less because we were playing Ruby Amethyst in both set one and set two. And the Ruby Amethyst mirror in particular, obviously against Agro decks, you want to go first. But the mirror, it was less impactful. It's impactful, but less impactful. Like Jafar mirror, like Jafar versus any other deck, like you really want to go first. It just, it was, it was tough. So especially in the tempo mirrors, any aggro deck against the Mufasa deck or your your aggro steel deck uh, just really really wants to go first. 
Yeah, yeah. Ag- Agro's definitely gotten faster from what I've seen, though, as well, right? I think it's gotten, like, it, it's, it, it was fast, but it's, it can get faster. Um, and I don't know how much more vulnerable it's, it's become because I think a lot of the tools that we've got in the set are less, I mean, I don't, I don't think we really need any more tools per se to deal with aggro as much as there'll be like lo- location tools and stuff like that, which I'm kind of happy about, right? I, I think there's still, if aggro becomes really, really popular, there will still just be decks that will stomp it instantly. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting phase. Uh, we'll see. I mean, there's going to be so many more decks that come out. Anyway, of course. we'll have a quick, no headlines, quick spilled ink section, um, which is our listener question section. If you want to get your question read out on next week's podcast, you can shoot us a comment on YouTube and we'll get it queued up. Anyway, the first one here is from Mark Miller, 6744. Say hi, hope, uh, hopping on this, uh, hoping this is the right place to get my question read out for next week. My good friend and teammate, shout out to Lore Seekers in Central Florida, just won his third tournament in a row. Each of these events had 40 plus people and a 1K plus total cash prize pool. He didn't just top eight. He won the tournament or, or was gifted the top uh, when he wanted to play in other friends an other finals person decided to concede. Um, I'm fairly new to competitive TCGs, uh, competitive TCG play, but uh, to me, outright running three times in a row seems insanely rare and quite special. What's the best run you've ever uh, you've ever been on or seen during competitive play? Uh, I'll go first. So one that was not me is a, someone named Michael Hamilton in Flesh and Blood. He's kind of the goat. Basically, he won like multiple callings back to back, a U.S. Nationals, and then a World Championships which is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, multi six-figure winnings in the span of like a year, which is crazy. For me, uh, what is going to be these like upcoming Stitch tournaments uh, for the for the playmat or it's like the promo, um, we had that version of Flesh and Blood, and this is back when in Flesh and Blood, before we had Pro Tours, before we had World Championships. So it was the height of competitive play. It was still regional-based. Um, I won five of those in a row one time. And that's when I got this that promo that me and Moyen were talking about a while ago that was immediately worth 2K when I won it. Currently a 6K, so yeah, Moyen was right. Yeah, sometimes they go up in value. But uh, yeah, five of those in a row was probably the craziest I ever, I ever um, put... Craziest run I ever put together, and I don't think... I don't think there was anybody else that won that many. So, yeah, it was it was basically I would attribute that to. So, just to dig a little bit deeper. I would attribute that to us having a much, much, much better deck than everybody else, even though it was completely public. We, the list was published. We talked about it on our podcast um, in Flesh and Blood. The community thought that they could implement a certain strategy against the deck, which we genuinely believed we were a hundred zero into which is fatigue. It means you block out and you run them out of deck. And we had an end game strategy that was, we could not lose. So it was like, I had, I would go to these tournaments and I would have 50% of my matches, you know, 30 to 50% of my matches were just buys. It it was, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Like it was just a crazy scenario. All right. I'll pass over to you guys. Uh, I want to say, I'll I'll say mine because it's definitely passed into Moyen. I haven't had any like, crazy hot streaks. I've won a few tournaments here and there, but by uh in terms of watching the absolute craziness, <laughs> it was definitely Moyen during Marvel Snap when uh you know like Marvel Snap competitive stuff was has, has never been insane, right? But you know, you, you've got like these weekly tournaments, you had like these things that are now gonna be uh that have qualified players to this quote unquote kind of world championship major tournament for for three thousand dollars in the prize pool. But Moyen like week after week like weekdays, weekend, weekdays, weekend went on the most insane streak I think I've ever seen. And he just, like no one could beat him. No one could beat this man. So uh 
I'm sure Moyes is going to say there's probably a, a better run he's had. I'm not too sure. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. But like, man, those those are some some crazy times. That's that's when the name Moyen was popping up everywhere in Snap. Everyone knew who this man was. Yeah, at, at those times, the those tournaments were all like singularly limb most mostly, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. and maybe like 64 players, 128 players tournaments that only paid mm-hmm. out like 100 for first. But I was yep. just streaming all of these events, and uh, there was a time. Where for a long period of these tournaments, I, I won like every second or every third tournament I played. Um, so that, that was, I still made decent amount of money out of those tournaments, even if the, the, the price payout was so little. Yeah. So I was just farming them. Um, I, right now in One Piece, I had two consecutive, uh, really good tournament runs where, so the, the two first tournaments, the set, I went 12 2 in both of them. Uh, which placed in the in the first tournament it was a 500 player tournament maybe or I'm I'm not sure wait actually it might have been 500 or 1000 player and I top four at that event and then the, the writer tournament after that was 2500 players and I went 16th which isn't I I didn't win both events but that's like borderline impossible so mm-hmm. that, that was that was a good streak in in Hearthstone I would say that just Saiyan had a crazy streak there was one uh, one one of tournaments, like half a year, where he was almost unbeatable. We just kept topping every major major event. Um, that was one of the craziest streaks I've ever seen. Where in the end he also qualified two worlds and um, offer for for championships. So it was like WSG, Dreamhack, tour stops, and then the championship. It was just a, a, a lot of tournaments, and I have no clue how he kept on winning for that long, especially in a in a turn uh, in a in a game of that high variance, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I so will... definitely happens, but the the streak that the listener is talking about is also very yeah. impressive. That's very impressive, yeah. Yeah, Marvel Snap is a crazy game. It's actually like a super high variance game and a single best of one match. Like if you queue the ladder, but they have something mm-hmm. called conquest mode where you have you basically start with ten cubes, which you gamble throughout the series. Um, each player has those. And it becomes much much lower variance, and it's actually incredible how how good some players are at that. I won a single one twenty eight open tournament in uh, single limb tournament in Marvel Snap, uh, and that was tough to be honest. Like these open tournaments, and that open tournament at one twenty eight player, by the way, I played KJB and Johnson. It was just mm-hmm. ridiculous. I was like, uh, those, those tournaments are hard to win, especially at the single limb. There's like no, there's no forgiveness for variance. So yeah, I mean, Moyen is Moyen's. A lot of people don't know this in Marcano, but Moyen's name is like. I think if he went around in Marvel Snap and you just asked the general Twitch watcher who's the goat of Snap, uh, you would hear more in a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that name would come up a lot. So yeah. <clears throat> anyway, on to the next one. Uh, we have Roro Bear one nine four zero. Poor Kawa is traumatized. He rates every card poorly and not get roasted by Brendan and Moyen. Stand up, these bullies, Kawa. We love you. Okay, well, I don't know if it's bullying, but Okay, am I gonna am I gonna try and defend an absolute dog shit card now? Is that what I have to do? Yeah. <laughs> For the people. For the people. Uh, I think Kyle is not rating him low. I think he's just getting more accurate and then you know 90% of a set is bulk. Like it's just like it's just not gonna be played. Uh, <laughs> I mean that's the case. I mean, oh, yeah. God. Shout out to Phonetic. You oh. just set three is all bulk. You know, he posted a, a deck tech, and I was like, ah, oh, he's not putting bulk cards in those decks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, never, I'm never gonna get old of that one anyway uh dark mage seven 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 one love this pod- podcast great input from experienced tcg players helps uh give great perspective on how good this game is game is good squizomatic i can't wait to see the reaction to jafar 
It's a good card. It's a good card. I think our reaction is uh, a little bit more... It's tame than the communities. I think that card is currently balanced. Maybe it's because the decks are a bit inefficient. Maybe they're not built correctly. But it seems like a very powerful deck. A very uninteractive strategy. My only issue with the Jafar wheel deck is uh, not what it's doing. Not gaining seven lore. Not drawing seven cards. I really don't care. The issue is that when you shift it, you can do it literally the turn uh, mm -hmm. that you... That, that, you, uh, that you put Jafar on shift and you actually don't cast any resources either because you sing it. So you can double, you can basically double wheel if you go hand to hand. You can get 14. It, yeah. So that is a high, that is high variance because uh, basically you have to draw into the next wheel and you have no way of guaranteeing that. And you're, for your opponent to deal with your Jafar, first of all, they, they can only interact with the early drops because um, they have to basically know that you're going to shift Jafar, interact with the early drops. But if you talk about the second Jafar, so, or sorry, the second wheel. So when you wheel, uh, not only are you getting 14 more, or are you getting seven lore, but your opponent's answers to your Jafar have to exist in a hand that they have no agency over. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of annoying. Like that's a, that's a bit high variance. Cause like you, you could know like, Hey, the only card I lose to here is Jafar. Uh, you could have something like a dragon fire. So maybe you can't deal with the, the small Jafars. And you're like, okay, I have my tech card wheel it away and now you don't have anything and now it's just like okay great i mean i have no agency over those seven cards which i just got wheeled into so that's kind of annoying Wayne, what are your thoughts on the jafar deck um i think it's it's quite strong yeah the, but it's it's like it's not crazy unbeatable it's as in there's a lot of ways to play around it you can try to remove the small the, the small jafars but that can can be rough, especially if they play a lot of them. Um, and also, some ink colors are just not capable of removing those back to back to back. Um, but the thing is, even when they do shift whole new world, if you can efficiently remove the Jafar afterwards, and they only gained this, like, only gained this plus seven, mm -hmm. uh, I think those games can still be very, very winnable. Um, that being said, I think the decks. The deck is quite powerful because it doesn't have to play a lot of bad cards for this combo, and it still That's has true. a very, very good game plan, even if it doesn't go for the Jafar Whole New World stuff. Even then, it's a yeah. very playable deck. Yeah, the I think. Uh, I think just 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 to finish off a bit the the deck. I think uh, there there is a lot of counters that exist to the deck as well in in the forms of Bare Necessities and the Ursula. I think we covered the Ursula already, but Bare Necessities is basically. You see your opponent's hand, you pick a, a an act. I think it's a, either an action card, song card, whatever it is, out of their hand of your choice. A non-character. Non-character card, excuse me. Um, And yeah, I mean, if that deck becomes really, really popular, then maybe we might see these decks come out to counter it. Um, But I think I think the reason why the deck is just so, is is generally powerful is exactly what Moyne said. It's like, obviously the combo, what it does is powerful. But if you're, if you're playing a combo deck that as a deck, altogether is just a fine deck anyways that you're not yeah you're not basically oh, i have to put all of these dog shit cards into my deck to make my combo happen in order to win the game if all these cards are just good anyways that just makes the deck better the initial oh. versions of the deck were just that they were bad cards mm -hmm. in the jafar deck and literally only trying to do one thing and people realized pretty quickly you don't have to do that so the deck actually kind of reminds me of splinter twin in magic the gathering it's not as powerful splinter twin so basically the splinter twin is for people who don't know it's a two-card combo so it's a two-card combo you cast two cards you're gonna win the game instantly so the shell it went in, so the shell it went into is just like this counter magic, like stop you from doing your thing and just like this very efficient deck. That, and then it would just mm -hmm. cast two cards, win the game. Um, I don't think this is quite at that level, uh, of course, because you don't win the game instantly, but it's, it's like, 
you can put this in like you can put this in your deck and it's not a huge downside like obviously whole new world is uninkable but you can play a deck that will happily whole new world without jafar and the the jafar package is inkable and the young jafars are actually pretty decent too they're pretty decent the, 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 the worst the worst jafar the evasive three two double trades with mini <laughs> so so basically from early testing i think you can try to tag in a um, where you try to discard their whole new worlds mm-hmm. but those decks can they don't i don't know if they actually beat the jafar decks because the jafar deck can just like do the normal steel uh, that's steel very fair stuff and yeah 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 i mean we have to see what those counter decks will actually look like like mm-hmm. th- to say that oh you just play this card to stop their combo but it's the same thing if these decks actually have a similar type of build where they just run good cards then we can talk about it right but if it's oh i just have to play this kind of bad deck with these two ink colors just so i can play these cards then it might not be as good you yeah. know uh last thing i want to say is like my first reaction to the jafar deck was like oh we just play like ramp we play like blue red ramp um and then if they wheel us like it's pretty good for us because we have so much removal our threats are going to be way more powerful but the issue is like with the current with the current state of non-Jafar decks, I feel like if I don't play Steel, like I'm just losing. I feel like Steel is like a pretty, pretty powerful secondary color because the aggro decks are insane right now. Like we were playing. Yeah, so go ahead. But first of all, you're opening yourself up to losing to aggro if you're not playing Steel. But also, I think Steel is such a such such an important color because people are both experimenting with the the Beast combo with the Emerald Beast. And mm-hmm. also with the Jafar staff. And against both decks, the steel single target removal is extremely important and efficient at trying to deal with these wind conditions. So any deck that doesn't that doesn't play steel needs to do something uniquely powerful to to warrant you you actually building that deck. Which you know what I lo- there's some stuff you can do. Do you know what I actually love about steel? And I I, I do actually kind of want to see it become more relevant this set because i mean i'm only saying this mainly because it's one of the decks i tested like you mentioned brendan that brendan the uh tiano aggro resist deck like resist when you are against a steel deck is very powerful it's very 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 powerful like what i like about steel is that you can um combat aggro decks but then having just these good resist cards in your deck as well like resist is a mechanic that i feel like is only going to get better over time honestly that that's that's my opinion because with more cards that need to be interacting with stuff, if there's more damage cards, then resist suddenly becomes better. If there's more combat cards, then resist also suddenly becomes better. So all around steel is just a great color to combo with some with another powerful color, right? Sh- Which is why I, I want to shout out just Sapphire Corksworth, uh, because it's just playing that card entirely shuts down the, the Emerald Steel combo, because suddenly mm-hmm. yeah. everything has resist doesn't get damaged. Or the Coxworth itself isn't targetable. And it's also good at just being a good card against Steel. So mm-hmm. I think in, if you want to be playing Sapphire, it's a good shout to be playing around Coxworth. Should have seen Moyne's reaction when I was dropping those Tianas on him. He was just like, bro. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I just cannot beat this card. Um, yeah, I think that the Amber, I think the Amber Steel list is actually underplayed right now, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really powerful. It is kind of just an aggro deck. Uh, I felt I didn't feel like I was making many meaningful decisions, but it's a lot. You asked some serious questions uh, with the current because there's that new two drop that gains two plus plus two lore if you have two other characters on board. Higlet, right? Yeah. Yeah. What the? F- mm. That thing's busted. <laughs> so good. <laughs> anyway, let's hop into the spoilers. We got a lot to go through. Okay. All right. You want me to call them out or? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. First card we have is an amethyst card. It is 
uh, three cost, inkable, three, two quest for one. Iago, pretty poly, just evasive. So basically fidget, but for Amethyst. Anything you guys want to say? or <laughs> Nothing to say past that. It gives you more tools to deal with evasives. I don't think uh, I don't think Amethyst had a lot of ways to deal with it, so it's a relevant tool at that. Um, but I do think evasives are going to be less popular in the format, or they're not going to be as core to the strategy as they used to be. We were playing a Ruby Amethyst list, and uh, it did have many mouses in it, but it was also doing a lot of other things. <laughs> Jim Hawkins True. cheating out the locations, mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's fair. Uh, next card we have is an amber item, cleansing rainwater, two cost inkable. Banish this item, remove up to two damage from each of your characters. Uh, initial impression is like, I don't know, whatever. Think, like, yeah, these things are always bad, right? They always have been yeah. bad. This, that being said, it's an item, item synergy, and it actually is each of your characters. I feel like these things are usually reading away where it's like remove two counters from your character so like at least it mm-hmm. hits like an aoe but still uh yeah i don't see it at all it's nice that the heal cards get some synergy yeah just yeah yeah for any for any player. anyone that wants to keep playing that blue yellow deck with heal like maybe this this goes in there so um next card is a five cost inkable four four dawn massacre uh quest for two in emerald uh, this is just evasive, by the way. This is the keyword. We're, we're looking at this card in a different language at the moment. So it's just a five cost four for evasive card of quest for two. So if you compare this to Ray, it's basically plus one plus one in stats rather than the plus one lore. Do you think you play Ray or do you think you play this? Depends on the meta, right? If there's more things like Smash that want to kill off Ray, then mm-hmm. maybe you play this. But yeah, it's also a pirate. That's actually uh, Non-zero. probably noteworthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a fundamental issue with evasive characters that are uh, expensive. I think you want your evasive characters to be as cheap as possible um, in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because your, your evasive characters need to be capable of racing your opponent. If you just drop them and then your, your opponent can still quest faster than you, then it doesn't really matter that your character cannot be challenged if they don't need to be challenging it to be racing you. Um, so it's kind of like a goofy with plus one. Yeah, it's better Goofy, right? That's what it Strength, is. Yeah, but Goofy, Goofy is it's not a very good card. Um, I, I personally think Ray is probably... Like, there's, there's scenarios where I would put Ray in my deck. I don't think I would ever really want to put a 5 cost. You'd, I think you'd put this one... I think the only reason you would put this in a specific deck, like I said, is if this pirate deck event in a few sets actually really requires a really powerful tool like this. You know, like sure. a decently started five cost that has a vase, that has a good keyword, that because it's a pirate, it like if there's something that says, Oh, this guy gets plus two lore because he's a pirate, then maybe I'll yeah. start playing the card. Yeah, right? Or let's say we're in a in an evasive meta and we can play this in a Jolly Watcher deck and then suddenly has rush. Yeah. And yeah. Can, can kill off an evasive character. Maybe then. But yeah. Other than that, I don't see it. Like, let's be real, the stats on this this card are not terrible. They're just not, yeah, no, not, they're, not they're not immediately competitively viable in a vacuum. Um, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next card is also an emerald card, Robin Hood Daydreamer, six cost inkable four five that quests for four. So same stats as a very powerful card, Tinkerbell. Obviously, Tinkerbell does something when she comes down onto the board, but uh the interesting thing to note about this card is overall you'd say, yeah, it's probably kind of a powerful card like usually six cost four or five stat line is all right but now we've got a little, and then along came zeus which is that new steel song that will just instantly wipe out this card so if that five damage becomes this new breakpoint and steel is everywhere this card might not see that much play but i mean we've seen that the four or five stat line is okay but usually it's okay because it comes alongside an effect that's quite good right i'd rather be playing if this was a three six i'd rather play that than make this just a four or five you know yeah mm-hmm. 
six costs like for this effect like again it's like if you're having things that are questing for a lot uh, big amounts of lore you want them to be low cost or very very resistant mm-hmm. to removal so they would be like a six cost in, a, in an aggro deck or like because this seems like a more aggressive card i think would need um i would prefer something that had more evasion right not not evasive mm-hmm. but you know it either has ward or maybe it does have eva- something like that so that it's more resistant to removal if not i'd rather have like three cost whatever's that quest for two usually yeah i agree mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I also i also don't think i i, I don't know how to exp- I, I i know what Brent's getting at but it's kind of hard to pin, pinpoint down it's like for these evasive i have not no not for these for these aggressive strategies you would rather be playing these stats divided upon multiple cards, and that can still together quest for the same amount of floor, but then they're harder to remove. I think just spending a six drop on something that quests for four is, is tough still. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, next card is an amber card, Queen of Hearts, Wonderland Empress, three cost, inkable, three, three. Whenever this character quests, your other villain characters get plus one this turn. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see a villain deck popping up at the moment. So again, this card to me right now, it seems bad. But in the future meta where, you know, the villain tag is actually meaningful, then maybe it's fine. Also, it's queen tag, so that could mean, mean something too. Mm, I, I like this card, actually. I don't think it's really? immediately impactful, but I think it's a powerful three drop in a villain. So if you had a villain deck, um, and again, like I, I don't know the subtype of all villains in Larkana currently. But let's say your villain mm-hmm. deck looked anywhere close to like having one drops that are... Uh, similar to like lilo like any kind of aggro villain deck where you have like these one cost these efficient one cost you're dropping like a piglet a piglet derivative at the two cost like i would love to uh i would love to play so the thing is is like whenever this character quests your other villain characters get plus one so it's more of like a swarm strategy but it's not just this character it's like all the other ones um yeah actually i, I think surprisingly actually i actually like the card i just don't i don't see a villain deck at the moment but anytime mm-hmm. we get a critical mass of low cost villains i'm i'm looking at this card this yeah. is good so right now the best cheap playable villain is the queen mm-hmm. as the one cost and the shift mm-hmm. the shift queen are probably the best uh, villain cards to be flooding the board with. Um, yes, still then I don't know. It's you need to be flooding the board with a lot of villains for this card to be good. Like you need at least two villains on the board and then all three to be able to quest mm-hmm. for this to be above weight and like. Yeah. There's, there's, there, we do have three threes that quest for two in the game. For sure. Yeah, I think if you have one other character, this that's like the the floor. Like if you don't have a character, that's like yeah. you, you want your floor to be one other character on board. Um, mm-hmm. and anything past that is actually it's actually pretty good. So I think that's not crazy. It's not a crazy ask. The one, the one thing I love, like I I feel like, and Brennan, you can answer this question better than than me. But uh, in physical card games, I feel like there's less cards that create like token cards, right? But if this, if like Lorcana was a primarily a digital card game, right? Imagine there was a card that just you know whatever cost makes loads of really cheap villains. Then the idea of this card is kind of cool, right? Like in mm-hmm. Hearthstone, you've got Paladin, right? Where Paladin can do all that synergy with the with the little champion dude. Um, yeah, yeah. Magic creates know. a lot of tokens. It does. That's that's the exception. I know Magic does have a lot of a lot of tokens, right? So yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, Flesh and Blood has them, but they're yeah, they're not. They're just not like as nearly. You don't have like a token focused strategy, except for maybe yeah. one deck. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Uh, next card that we have is uh, a Steel Action One Cost Inkable. Olympus would be that way. Your characters get plus three attack while challenging a location this turn. 
Uh, needs to say draw a card. At this, I think it's unplayable. Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you cannot be spending an entire card on this type of effect. And it's mm -hmm. extremely specific. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, next card's interesting. Steal, another steel action. Rise of the Titans. Three cost inkable. Banish chosen location or item. Do you think you'll be actually playing this card to get her locations, or do you think we'd actually just be hitting into them more often than not? It's it's tough. Yeah. It's like uh, it it has dual modality. The location items is relevant, so like I would just. It's not a terrible effect in a very very focused meta. I think that if like Wakanda had sideboards, this would be, this would be a sideboard card. But mm -hmm. ultimately, in the current power level of Wakanda and cards that might fit into my deck, I. This kind of needs to be attached to a body. Like you think about something like Benja, it's just I know the Benja only hits items, but Benja has a three cost that quest for two as well, which is just so much better than a card. Like this is also not a song. Yeah. So I think currently you're paying a lot, but if 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 the most popular deck in the game is spamming down like five costs or four cost locations or uninkable locations, like yeah, why not? Yeah. It's uh I think it's a nice tool to have. It's it's inkable and can hit two things, so um, there's, there's a lot of flexibility in it. And I think a lot of the four cost locations, like the, the castle with seven HP or the uninkable ruby location with eight, uh, eight willpower. Um, they're actually kind of, or not kind of, they're actually really hard to remove just by challenging them. It's very hard to, you need to be challenging for that. Mary has been, whenever I play against that, like, legacy location, the big ship, mm -hmm. I'm like, if I don't have Mary in my hand, I'm struggling, honestly. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, for that reason, uh, and because the loca these locations are actually kind of hard to deal with, I can see attack at, like, this um, seeing play if the meta warps around uh, some strong location. Mm hmm Next card is a ruby card, five cost inkable, Scroop Backstabber. He's a two five that quest for two. While this character has damage, he gets plus three attack. Initially, I looked at this card and I thought it was like really bad because, well, I, I still don't think it's great, right? Because there's a lot of cards that already exist from like the previous set, like the five cost, five, five, Winnie the Pooh that just quest for two. Like I'm like, well, why does this guy have to get damage? Well, this guy have to sacrifice a, a, a health point to then get the buff. But again, the only reason I'm thinking is maybe this card is balanced. Uh, it might not seem like balanced now in terms of it might look a little bit underpowered, but it has like an alien tag, villain tag, and the pirate tag. Like those, all, all well, at least those two tags I think are quite relevant and probably will be relevant in the future. So yeah, I think I that know. they can afford to add those tags because this card is so bad. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to break anything in the future. Um, I mean, it's it, with five cost ruby cards. It's you can just draw like draw connections to Maui, and it's just like I don't know Jim Hawkins. Yeah, but the, like... the Winnie Pooh, the Winnie Pooh uh, comparison also is really fitting to make you realize yeah. how how bad the card really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even so... if it was uh, right, this character is not damaged; he gets plus three. Even that would be better, and would still be awful. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really really bad. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next card is a steel card, Lithos Rock Titan, four cost inkable, four one, that quest for one, has resist plus two, uh, it also has tap, chosen character gains resist plus two this turn. Yeah. I think this card's kind of interesting, honestly. Uh, sure. There's a Titan deck, um, yeah. I haven't played it, played against it, but, okay, let's, let's pretend that this wasn't a Titan. Would you play this? Um... um... No, but I guess if there's if there's a meta where like some very very like some of the very good decks are like almost incapable of dealing three damage, but very good at dealing two damage, 
Um, then this is like a meta call. It's not like a card you just always put into your deck. But then maybe. It's like the... the is it the shift Hercules that also has resist too? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, 6-4. Like, so, sometimes yeah. that's like very tough six, to deal three. with. Mm. Yeah, the 6-3. The and that's like a one card shift Hercules that's easier to get onto the board, which can, can be good against something. The thing is just the shift Hercules doesn't just bend over to someone dealing 3 damage, which this card does. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, there's also a Titan, that, which I don't think we've reviewed yet, that gets to challenge multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, and th Pyros, that card having yeah. resist makes it makes it a lot more powerful. Yeah, next card that we have is another Titan, Amethyst, Hydros, three cost inkable two to that quest for two, that also has tap, exert, chosen character. So probably most comparable to it's Elsa, Elsa. right? The little Elsa. Two three. Which is a two three that quest for one, correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. And it has the same text. So you're only gonna play this over Elsa, I think, if you're playing a Titan deck, and that's I, I don't know. Is, is that always right, or is it two, like two lords probably? Uh, I, don't know. I think two defense is the kryptonite of uh, yes of um, of Lurkana. Like you die to everything. Like you, yeah. you really. So don't I would rather defense. play Elsa than Hydros yeah. if it wasn't for the Titan tech. And I don't think the Titan tech is important enough to make this card good. Mm -hmm. I, I my, think it, my my issue is, I mean, I've seen again. We haven't seen all the Titan cards yet so far for this review, but I think I, I from all the Titan cards that I did see and. From what I know as well, I could be wrong, but I I think this is all the Titans. Like I don't think there's any more Titans in from Hercules and from stuff. So I don't know, like like oh you know potential for more Titans. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's a big Titan, right? Like there's like uh, that we haven't a big that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah that, uh, maybe we saw it. The no, one no, that what, challenges multiple times. All no, no. Some so, with this one. so what I'm what, what I'm saying is that there's other titans that we haven't reviewed yet. But mm -hmm. out of all of the titans that I have seen that we haven't reviewed yet that are in this set, I don't think they're going to add any more titans, and I don't think the titan deck is that good yeah. at the moment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I haven't played it, so I've just heard it's not that good. I mean, all the characters are clearly statted badly. Well, I mean the four mm. the four one is resist two, it's not bad. But a three cost two two, I know a quest for two is terrible. It dies to literally yeah. everything in the metagame. Uh -huh. yeah. Also, having an in, if, if you compare it to, to Elsa, Elsa and then the, the slow really doesn't matter matter enough because how, how often do you the question main, with this up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the main use for this is to exert it so you can exert an opposing character and then if yeah. you're doing that you can play just... Pinocchio every time instead. It's a really good point. You actually you incur a larger opportunity cost by exerting this than you do with Elsa. So it's like a they don't work together. A tap ability in the text box and a high lore count in the bottom right. Yeah, they not, don't work. Yeah. Are not very symbiotic. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Next card is a sapphire item, Scrooge's top hat, two costs on Inkable. Business expert tap. You pay one ink less for the next item you play this turn. Interesting card. All the items and I play are cheap. <laughs> I mean, then it's so good. So one cost. It's like a. This is like a lantern. Zero. It's like a lantern. Yeah. Um, yeah, just yeah. But like, lantern, I can use like I'm playing a character like each turn. Yeah. I'm mean, playing an item each turn. Even in item heavy decks, that's uh, a. Yeah, not easy mask. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for uninkable, I'd be surprised. It is an item in itself too. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's bad, but also the item decks the item decks transcend like well statted and value oriented cards, right? Because they play this top end that uh, benefits from all of that. Um 
So that's yeah, not, so how often is this discount actually going to be relevant because you should have so much ink anyways, right, from playing software? Does that make sense? So this, this is, again, only works with Whole New World, mm. right? Maybe, but maybe it enables, like, a crazy curve where you go top hat on two, and then on three you play... Like, does it even work? No, it's on, two, on three you can't even... Can't... Oh, you, you can. You can just play another top hat and quill and ramp, and then you, like... Your whole new world with Barrel having ramped and two top hats on the board. I mean, that's like hyper accelerating. Um, Possible, actually. Possible. Because, yeah, I mean, but... Quill definitely does mitigate the, the non inkables in your deck. Mm-hmm. I still am not excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I still think it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next card is an Amethyst action. Bestow a gift, one cost inkable. Move one damage counter from chosen character to chosen opposing character. Yeah, I don't know why they print these cards, actually. Um, like these one cost, these one ink, uh, minimal effects that don't cantrip. Cantrip means draw a card. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're just tear it. Like they're just unplayable. Yeah, but yeah. if this if this would at least be able to always deal one damage, maybe that's like still a nice tool for Amethyst to have because Amethyst usually Amethyst has no damage stuff because that's not in steel, right? But if you don't have a damaged character, then you don't have a damage counter to move. So then you can't even deal one damage. Yeah, that's the worst thing. Like, it is, if this said deal one damage, it would be way more playable. But, uh, if it said, like, it deal one now. damage, heal one. This is, this is worse than that, like, pumpy anthem card that gives you the lore, the five cost and inkable. Like, this, for me, this is the worst card that's had so far. The only demon quality is it's inkable. So you just yeah. ink it every time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next card is a card I'm very high on. I think Brendan is as well. Uh, Pluto with an amber, one cost uninkable, zero two, quest for one. Top, you pay one less for the next character you play this turn. Uh, this is a good card. Yeah, very good card. This is uh, this is where like knowing your TCG history makes card evaluation very easy. This is a busted effect in other card games. Um, yeah, this is like I mean, one less for the next character you play this turn. I, I wanted to call it Birds of Paradise or uh, Land of War Elves. So basically, the difference between those cards is both one cost cards in Magic the Gathering. Uh, they both create mana, so you. you tap them for mana one makes it a specific color and one is any color and it's like don't know if this if because it's a character if it's any color or if it would be like you know more narrow like a single color but mm-hmm. nevertheless um yeah these things are busted uh these things are busted they're so good uh, you, you'll see this card this card will be played it's an absolute staple mm-hmm. of the set no doubt in my mind um the coolest part about this not the coolest part but one thing you'll one interesting thing about this this card is if you're facing again, if you're facing this card and you have something like let the storm storm range on, um, you always let the storm range on this card to stop them mm-hmm. from accelerating to like a turn four Maui. Un- or- I mean, unless you know how expensive all the cards are, and like maybe it doesn't mm-hmm. matter for that turn. Maybe yeah. there, there's cases where it won't be correct. It's, but a, it's a, a magic heuristic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a magic heuristic, and I think it holds true to Lorcana, which is you always bolt the bird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah so I mean, I my th- favorite. My favorite thing to do with the card so far, and I don't think it's going to be, um, you're not going to be able to do it all the time, but like obviously you tap this and you can play it with a good three drop. What's a good three drop in Amber is Doc. And then if for some reason Pluto isn't contested uh, on the turn one, right? They don't have a two two to swing into it to kill off or a song or whatever, then you can get a, you can get a five drop out on turn three, which is pretty powerful. Yep. Um, so that's my that's my favorite thing to do with this this card so far. But even just being able to get that one, be, being able to play a three drop on turn two alone, um, if you get that much value out of this card, it's good. If you get more value out of this card, it's just insane, honestly. Super good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This I I don't know if I want to call it insane, but it's a really good card. It's 
it's just it's also a lot of the time you can just hold this for this one turn where cheating a card out one turn earlier is like really impactful maybe Correct. it's a mufasa out earlier or maybe it's a maui on turn four in, in a mid-range aggro mirror that, that that helps you stabilize the board um or so my my experience testing this was mostly in amber ruby mufasa mm-hmm. and they are also just playing evasive mini mouse on two mm-hmm. is like and then you just maybe you just play another evasive mini mouse yeah that's some decks that can already set you up for your win condition and let's say you're on the play if your opponent doesn't play a one drop this is very often surviving a turn and you're actually yeah. gaining another resource out of it which is insane mm. so yeah I'm, I'm also a big fan of the card i'm happy mm. to put my my but the little reputation i have on the line and say this is one of the most powerful cards ever printed in Lorcana, and that'll be a continued metagame staple for years to come as long as the game I've lasts. even seen, I've even seen um, when people are experimenting and experimenting with the Jafar builds that they specifically are playing fire the cans just so um, that the amber just so they kill the, the Pluto really yeah, yeah. can't accelerate uh, immediately. That's really interesting. Uh, next card that we have is another Pluto within Amber. It's the, it's the Floodborne version, seven costing double three eight. Uh, quest for two with shift five. It also has bodyguard. Also says at the start of your turn, remove up to three damage from this character. Uh, I think this card, if you're playing it as a seven drop, is like it's it's yeah. It can it can be okay if you're shifting it. It, it can, like I think this card is a fine card if you get the shift effect off on the Pluto. Like the, the biggest thing I was doing, I was also playing the Ruby Amber deck and I was playing um uh Perdita which we haven't got to yet, but she basically allows you to bring back a one cost or a two cost from your discard. I was able to bring back my one cost Pluto and then kind of get some shift value out of this. So I think this card's fine. I think it's it's, it's okay. Oh, the fact that you can play a one cost mana accelerator or pseudo birds of paradise and it's a zero two. So, you know, it's expected to die eventually. But then like you can have the dual utility of getting characters out early and not supposed to come down on specific turns, and then you can shift it into a relevant threat. Dude, come on. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, so, so, so th- powerful. We can shift this for four, right? If we use Pluto on the same turn. So Correct, yes, you can. Yep, with you can. But if you use Pluto um, on turn four, then the card comes out exerted, but you don't really care about that anyways because it's bodyguard, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so I think this, like, at this card... Is only playable if you're playing the one cost Pluto, right? I don't, I'm not playing this for the seven drop just itself, but with the mm-hmm. one cost Pluto together, it actually has some games where it can be very strong. And also, Amber has access to some very strong um, questing characters like Piglet. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you have you reviewed Piglet yet or no? no. Piglet, yeah, no, no we oh, have. We Piglet was like one of the first cards, but we just we didn't really evaluate it that. I think you thought it was decent. No, but... we all, I think we still said it was. It's really strong. Yeah, I think we did. I yeah. think we did. Yeah. Okay. A two cost so, quest for three is gonna hit. Gonna hit. Above the bar, yeah. I think, every time. And also, like, okay, so what I'm getting at is that you have, like, one one drop Lilo, you have two cost Piglet, and then if you are hiding that behind this wall of this huge Pluto, that there's actually a lot of merit in that. So I think it's, it's, it can be very strong. Also, in the Mufasa application, it's nice that occasionally you're, you're cheating out a, a big drop from, from Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Next card that we have is an Sapphire card, Rufus, five cost inkable, four, five, the quest for one. When this character is banished, you may put this card into your inkwell face down and exerted. Uh, I think this card's really bad. Yeah, uh, it's kind of similar to Evasive, so I, I'm okay with this effect, but I want it for the cheapest rate possible. That's why Grandma Tala is 
a million times better, right? Gramatala is literally this card. Yeah. And on its own, Gramatala was like borderline still not good enough to be played. It was always like on, on the edge. And yeah, I think that's just too late for this type of effect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Next card that we have is Diablo. Amethyst card, one cost inkable, two, one. Quest for one. Whenever you play a character named Maleficent, you may look at the top card of your deck, put it on either the top or bottom of your deck. So basically, whenever you play Maleficent, you scry. Um, I don't know. I think it's. I'm trying to think of what Maleficence you want to play this way, and that that it's just like no, like no. I mean, there's the three cost Maleficent that draws a card. That's really good with this. The problem is, I think has one health is not good, right? Yeah, I think the cut yeah. the, the stat line is bad from this, and even if you do get the effect of, it doesn't really do that all that much. Yeah, and isn't this uh, in worse? Wakana, you can order mm. the triggers however you want, right? Like you can order the trigger of this before Maleficent. Uh, yes, I do believe so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But yeah, yeah, yeah. still, like, uh, I'd rather one cost two. Isn't this a worse? Like, I don't, I don't know if it is, but isn't this kind of a worse Merlin Squirrel? Because the Squirrel, yes, is two cost, two one, the scries, but you don't have to have the condition of literally having a character called Maleficent on the board. Mm, I don't like the Squirrel either. Um, oh no, I'm not saying that the Squirrel is amazing. I'm saying is the Squirrel better? Maybe. I don't know. Paying two for a two one is a big ask, in my opinion. I'd rather like. I'd pay one for it. Like, I just, I don't know. I always don't value this effect very high. Like, scry the top card of my deck. It's like, yep. it's not also, zero, but it's pretty damn close. Also, in this in this case where we can choose the order and we're playing Maleficent on three, it's actually, a like, this situation came up in a lot of different card games, and th there's, some, there's a mistake that people like to do. And in that case, you would want to, like, draw the card first and then scry, which gives you more information about the scry, mm -hmm. because... The card you draw you are, has not like any impact on your turn anyways so and and a lot of people in they want to intuitively they want to scry first and then draw mm -hmm. but i think in, in there's these situations where you would draw first and then scry agreed yeah next card that we have is an amber card miss bianca two costs inkable two two the quest for one stinger four this is literally just like, is this literally a reprint of Sebastian? I don't know if Seb I think Sebastian might have the allied tag instead of hero tag, but mm -hmm. uh, same thing as Sebastian. I mean, we saw the four cost song, which is um, yeah. Along Came Zeus. That so song is busted. Though, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Singer 4 is actually pretty relevant nowadays. I think Moin was totally right. Like, uh, it's a little weird low on the Along Came Zeus, but that card is freaking ridiculous. Like, that is a card. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but hence why I got I don't... an enchanted version. Yeah. Pretty sick. But that being said, yeah. I don't think it's a card that needs to be sung as early as possible. I think being sung by four drops is completely fine for that card. I don't need to be singing it on turn three. Mm. Agreed. Yeah, that's fair. Brandon's favorite card, we're not going to review this card. Boss is on a roll. Kids. People were playing that card, but again, like they played it in the Jafar deck. Um, and I, you know, it, it doesn't, if your deck is trying to do literally one thing in combo, like, yeah, it's a fine card. You look at five cards. But yeah. Ultimately, what, you see the evolution of the Jafar deck, people just realize you don't have to put shit cards in the deck. And it's still good. Like mm. It's like, oh, we have this crazy combo in our deck. We don't have to play bad cards because this is this is a bad card. It's a bad card. Um, but if you only, if your deck can only have one game plan and it requires two cards to come down together, then sure, it's a tool. Yeah, it, it just make that game plan a whole lot more consistent playing this card. And if, if there's a matter where people are not, like decks can't really beat this game plan, then it's still a very valid way to build the deck in, in this specific way sure next card is a sapphire card huey two cost inkable two to the quest for one with support whenever this character quests 
if you have characters named Dewey and Louie in play, you may draw three cards. So I want to talk about these other two cards because, you know, drawing three cards when a card quest is pretty good. Um, so Dewey is a three cost inkable two, three, that quest for two within Sapphire. That also has support, I think, uh, is actually a fine card. We've already seen this card. Mm. That's like Mulan, I think, with an Amber in set two. Um, but then where things get a little bit trickier, I think, is uh, Louis is a four cost inkable three, four, that quest for two that also has support. I, like, I don't know, these cards are like fine. Like uh, if, if you're playing a deck that really revol revolves around support and these cards are just fine, then maybe this whole package works. If you can get three cards, it's fine. But it seems like it's too much trouble to try and actually make it work but it is a two three four right it is it is like a curve option but then how often are you gonna have these cards on curve so yeah. also even if you do the two three four you would have to not quest with Fui on two otherwise who is that correct yeah and so then you would so you're doing you're to... doing you're doing nothing on turn two and turn three you I could just yeah. saw that on turn four i can play louis and hopefully dewey and Huey have not been uh chaotic mm -hmm. then, then i can draw three cards and i played all these like a little below rates that's that line cards. Yeah. Yeah. So just like, yeah. A, this is like a Timmy combo. Like it is, I mean it is. <laughs> Look it guys, is. I did it. I drew my three cards. It yeah, is. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's gonna we could do the math on how often this will happen and then we could try to calculate the quantitative value for the tempo loss that you get for actually not utilizing this character. And then we're what we're gonna come up with is that it's garbage. <laughs> also <laughs> If if Tui said you always draw this on turn two, and Dewey said you always draw this on turn three, and Louis said you always draw this on turn four, uh, I don't know. I still wouldn't want that. It's uh, not a uh, can that can that. But can I guess that you always even... draw ink. Yeah, I mean, some, that, there's some of, deck of, thinning of, that's going on there. It's kind of busted. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, but de deck thinning is is that probably more common in digital card games yeah, rather than or like it, in in Magic? Is there stuff like Hell this? Yeah, I could give you really? that literally, okay. bro. There's uh the most powerful lands in the game, and they're not the most powerful, it's dual lands, but they're these things are called fetch lands. So they come mm -hmm. down, they don't actually give you resources, but you can you can sac sacrifice them and you can go get a regular land. It's just like, From you just deck. go get a regular land. You can get, there's reasons you would do that. But the main thing is, is like, now this card doesn't exist in your deck. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm playing yeah. a 56 card deck, you know, or less. <laughs> it's really powerful. Uh, next card that we have is, is a steel action baboom, two cost inkable, deal two damage to chosen character or location. Uh, basically, fire the cannons except cost one more. It is inkable, which is really relevant, and then also you can hit location. Would you play this over fire the cannons? Is my question. Sometimes I would yeah. consider I, it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think I think I think I might honestly just for it's the. It's worth dealing with with Pluto, for example, which would also be a reason to maybe play fire the cannons over this. But in general, this is just another single target removal tool for steel, which they have like an incredible amount of. So no matter what the damage breakpoints are, steel probably has a card they can put into their deck that's good against that damage breakpoint. With now Phytokens, Baboom, Smash, Zeus, uh, Friends on, no, what's the card called? Strength over Raging Fire, mm -hmm. let the Storm Rage on. Yeah, so, so many. A million yeah, cards. The list, the list goes on. Dude, yeah. steel is just getting so much more powerful because fundamentally, steel is very good in Lorcana as a removal color. But they've also started to print other good cards in steel. Like mm -hmm. uh, it has a whole new world. Don't get me wrong; that's a powerful card. But then they added like beast to it, and like now has its own draw engine. It's just like that. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy to play steel, but because I hate aggro. So, but they're just giving steel like additional tools inside of the removal, and it makes it. Uh, much easier ass to play like for the color to be flexible across multiple matchups so it's interesting mm -hmm. 
Yeah, next card is an Amber one, Joshua Sweet, four cost inkable, one five, quest for two with bodyguard. Uh, again, I'm just going to compare this card to Rapunzel and, and say it's like meh. But if you want a, a body card, a bodyguard card on turn four that has high health, then maybe. But then I don't know why this quest for two because it's just going to get run into. Like, I don't know. I don't really like the card. Mm. Bodyguard is bodyguard's relevant. I think it's pretty it's pretty relevant. I don't know. I still think that you don't really want your if your bodyguard is attacking for one. It's it's interesting because there's there's like the Prince Eric bodyguard, the three costs with resist. Uh, then there's Hercules, and I think it's relevant when bodyguards attack for more than like a, a useless amount. For instance, like Hercules. If you're playing Hercules and or you're playing the the Amber Steel deck, mm. if you're playing against Ruby Amethyst. It's often correct to actually deploy the Hercules on turn three rather than the Prince Eric because when Maui comes yeah. in on turn five, Maui attacks it for uh, for six but has five health, goes down to two, and now you can sing strength of uh, let the storm range on and actually kill mm -hmm. the Maui. Where in the other scenario, the Maui would be it would basically sit on board the entire game. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it I don't think it's this, a terrible okay. card. Yeah, this, I think this card would need bodyguard synergy to be played. Standalone, I'm not playing a four one five. Bodyguard that quests for two. That's that's that is not enough. Like yep. because Prince is sometimes can can be a good card to include into your deck. Um but it, Joshua's suite is so much worse than Prince. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Agreed. Okay. Imagine, I mean, you can even compare this card to Tiana. I know Tiana doesn't have bodyguard and stuff, but like Tiana has resist plus two and a kind of decent effect uh, instead of bodyguard. It's a good right? effect, it's just a hard effect to yeah. uh, satisfy, you know. Like, but the effect <laughs> is crazy. Uh, next card is a Ruby Action Dive Bomb, three cost inkable. Banish one of your characters with Reckless to banish. Oh my God, with Reckless, with Reckless to ba to banish chosen character with less attack than that character. So we actually talked about this, I think, a little bit after our podcast last week, and we kind of said like, what's what's some weird Reckless cards that we could use, like Gast Gaston, you know, Gaston on turn uh, two, and then you do dive bomb on turn three to kill their card with three attack. And then suddenly you've like, you've just give the thrown away all of your cards to deal with one of their cards. Two for, so, one, two for one yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, fundamentally, right? Uh, so Gaston costs two. Let's say you get lucky. You kill a five cost with this. Uh, you paid five, you paid five and you lost two cards. They lost one. This is a really, really bad card. Because it's two mm. for one. There's a deck building constraint with Reckless. Um, there's a there's a play. There's a board straight constraint with the character having less attack. Um, and you're talking about like best case scenario, two for one yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No <laughs> best case scenario. We would need to print a card that has a very strong effect uh, when it dies. Yeah, and Reckless card when it dies and lots yeah. of HP, so it's hard to kill it off in challenge. And then you suspect like reckless yeah. card that whenever you use it with dive bomb it comes back to your hand the reckless card is that even good i don't know <laughs> i would rather dragon fire like because i think like best case scenario you're killing like a five cost like that's your break even it's a five cost and you trade two cards i'd rather just dragon fire that's one card this, five the, cost the, this card has so many conditions even if we took away one of them it would still be too conditional this card isn't even a song <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. bad yeah. All right, next card. It's a emerald item airfoil, two cost inkable. Tap if you played two or more actions this turn. Draw a card. Um, yeah, no. I, I guess maybe it can work, and if we had like a crazy item deck, two as, or more as, as part of their a crazy, a crazy, crazy action deck, right? Not item. Uh, action deck. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, 
<laughs> action decks being good would be surprising because songs are actions that can be played for free by characters on board. And you also have to play two. That's yeah, not... right now it's like no deck can efficiently play two every turn. turn. Yeah, it's crazy. Enough turns for this card to be. You need right. to play like so many cantrip cards, right? For yeah. for and, and then the cantrip cards you're just getting your cards. So what are you doing your whole turn? Well, I'm just drawing cards, but I'm not doing anything else. So <laughs> if you have two one cost cantrips, it turns those into like a two cost draw two if you already have the item on board and if you would do that multiple times while it's still maintaining a somewhat of a grip onto the board that would be okay Wait, but it's not does it turn into a two cost two cost draw two or two cost draw three i guess you have yeah like you said you have to have the item on the board as well yeah because if it's two cantrips yeah, yeah no yeah. i just meant two cost draw two as in if it was printed on one card because you only sure. have one extra card in comparison to your hand size before mm -hmm. if you already had the item on board yeah so i don't think it's I'm right now, it's not really yeah. can't work. I'm starting to side with Fnatic, you know, looking like the <laughs> bolt. <laughs> All right, uh, next card is a steel item, Captain Hook's Rapier. Uh, it's a three-cost uninkable. Uh, it reads, during your turn, whenever one of your characters banishes another character in a challenge, you may pay one to draw a card. Uh, and then also has your character's name, Captain Hook, gain challenger plus one. Uh, I mean, why, why am I paying one to draw the card after killing something as well like uh i mean i know it's a very weird comparison but what's the the card it's like the the ruby queen that queen when of any of, like yeah queen of hearts that she just draws your card once any of your characters just challenge right it's not even it's not even banished i think it's just when yeah. they they challenge but something, the upside of this it's on an item so maybe this sticks around for a longer time of the game um mm. Yeah, it seems very costly though for uninkable as well. Yeah, ah, crazy hoops, crazy hoops. This mm -hmm. said, uh, whenever a character is banished, hell yeah. <laughs> whenever an opposing character, all that stuff, because you know you grab your swords, draw a bunch of cards. Oh yeah, but yeah. I mean this card is terrible. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Next card is Helga Sinclair with an emerald two cost inkable two one a quest for one when this character is challenged and banished. Banish, banish the challenging characters. The same effect as uh, Cusco, as, right? Uh, same. Yep, that is the same effect. Mm -hmm. I think you want your cards with that effect to be threatening and be must answer. This, card is, for, this yeah. card is not. No. Um, yeah, so, yeah. like, Cusco is a problem. So, people have to trade into it and lose the character. But this is the opposite of that. You would probably just yeah. let this quest. Because any I character really you don't understand. Like, yeah, I, I actually really don't understand this card. Well, like, it shifts into card... the other Helga, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the, so the Cusco, also you cannot really remove outside of a challenge, but this Helga Sinclair just falls over to any action. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. Yeah, like it just seems really, really, really like if they if they printed this card literally just to be the Helga Sinclair, then what? Are you only like, oh my god, my whole deck relies on shifting Helga on turn three, so I play Helga, Helga Sinclair two cost and morph. Because they're, they're effectively the same cards. But okay, yep. moving on to the card we're talking about quickly, just so we have some more context. Mm -hmm. uh, Helga Sinclair with an Emerald, the Floodborne version, five cost, uninkable, four, four, that quests for two, has shift three. Whenever this character quests, you may deal three damage to chosen damaged character. Bruh, I yeah, you almost had me. Yeah, almost had me. Oh, no, damn. but I, I see potential in this card. This, but this is. This is not an emerald card. This is an emerald steel card. I cannot see myself playing this in any other color combination. But mm -hmm. in conjunction with steel steel having so many effects that makes characters damage, I think that it can be 
somewhat reasonable to set up this effect where you can actually get this off multiple times. And that once you do that, actually start snowballing off that and winning the game. If we shift with this card, though, on turn three in the weak quest, it's not going to do anything ever, right? Like, we, we would have to, a card would have to be damaged on turn one. We'd have to damage one of the cards. They would have to self-inflict for the effect of Helga to actually go off, right? Uh, Shifting okay. this on turn three is like, mm, not, I don't know. It's not impossible, yes. I think. Like, it's just, I don't know. But also, also, you don't need to shift the super early. This can still be, a, in mid-game, this is still very threatening. Also, imagine if you have a Chief Bogo on the board. And then you... Uh, okay, I've played Chief Bogo on four, and maybe I played uh, a shift target on two. And then on five, I can shift, shift Helga it. Sinclair quest. Four damage. Wow. Yeah. No, that is it's strong. Good, it's good. It's good. It's good. But. Yeah, the conditions I, yeah, I just mentioned, but they're not yeah. super easy to meet, and both of those are linkable. But I think this could be a, a card that you can build around, and I see potential at least. Next card that we have is an Amethyst Song. It calls me one cost inkable. Draw a card, then choose the three cards from chosen opponents discard and shuffle them into their deck. Yeah. Um, so this is a cantrip. This is why these one this is when these one costs can actually be playable cards. So you think about the effect. Effect is whatever. Uh it's non-zero. Uh it actually it's like, yeah, it it can be, I guess, kind of bad. It can also be neutral, but ultimately, like, let's say you're playing a Jafar deck. Your Jafar deck gains lore when you draw cards. You need to get to your combo faster. Yeah, I think there's a Turbo Jafar yeah. combo deck that plays this card, and it's actually pretty good. Yeah. And also, it's not just that it gets you to your combo faster. It also means once you do, you are at the Jafar stage, it's also a one cost draw, one gain at all. Um, that can also be sung. Yeah. yeah. It's also, also a little sung. bit better than just a cantrip because. I think most of the time you will be able to make your average opponent's average draw a little bit worse by shuffling some of the early drops back into their back into their deck. And also you can stop some of the recursion. Maybe cards they would want to get back with Hades, the, the four cost Hades. Mm, like um, Chernabog stuff. You can shuffle mm, things back. That's in. interesting. It's good anti Chernabog. Right, you also make Chernabog. Yeah, that's pretty recent. That's pretty reasonable actually, because the this any steel deck, I don't know if you played steel recently, but you, you're playing steel, you're like, ah, this is the best color ever. And then someone plays Chernabog against you, you're like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. good. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Next card that we have is an emerald item, Robin's bow, three cost and inkable. Pop, deal one damage to chosen damaged character or location. Uh, whenever a character of yours named Robin Hood quests, you may ready this item. I mean, Moin, as as talking about the whole Emerald Steel package, you playing this in uh -huh. your Emerald Steel deck? No, this this I'm still not considering. The Hellcast <laughs> and Clear, maybe, but this is too much. A three-cost uninkable item. Yeah, I think it's pretty bad. Uh, mm. Next card oh, wait, is... Actually, uh, oh my god. He's cooking. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's still not awful. If just considering Bogo, grab your sword, Tinkerbell, just pinging stuff off. It's probably it's a, it's not good enough. But like, this cut's not inkable item. Yeah, it's hard, man. Yeah, but it's not terrible. It's just it's, I don't know. Uh, mm, Some of these cuts are bad, but we don't need to be calling bad cuts terrible. Maybe. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> uh, Next card is an Amethyst card, the Firebird, four cost inkable, six to the quest for one. Moine, is this card terrible? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, 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 that's terrible. Yeah, you can't have two defense in, in 2024, Larkana. Uh, especially yeah. Yeah, but not paying at for a At least quest for a lot. What, what, is, what am I supposed to do with six attack? 
Uh, hit a location. That's probably the only reason this card ex exists, right? Uh -huh. It's literally just for like location stuff. I, I won, I won, like not even rushing it. Yeah, it's bad. Um, okay, next card is a ruby card. Mewi, Soaring Demigod, God, three cost, uninkable, five, two, with Reckless. Whenever a character of yours named Hey Hey quests, this character gets plus one lore and loses Reckless this turn. I mean, uh, for the exact same reason that the last card was bad, this one's probably bad because it has two health. Like, I, 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 yeah. Also, also compare this to Gaston. Gaston yeah. being two cost inkvalent. This is. It just one has one more... less attack. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I do think the five break point is relevant. Um, I don't think it's relevant enough, though. Because, like, Gaston is, like, a pretty fringe card. It is. Like, yes. it's. Yeah. That was, like, only for the Kuchko. Yeah, more fringe. That was, like, only for the Kuchko meta. So. Yeah, and it was incomplete. This is so you can kill off Jolly Roger. Yeah, you need your you need your Kuzco answer card or what it used to be to also be inkable because it's like there's actually it probably wasn't a card that was more useless than Gaston in non Kuzco matchups like in that deck. So that's why it was important yeah. for it to be inkable. Mm -hmm. Next card that we have is uh, Thaddeus E. Clang, five cost inkable three five quest for two. Reads, whenever this character quests while at a location, you may deal one damage to chosen character. What do that we think? is far too expensive. So you need to play it for five, have it be understated, move it to a location, and then also be able to get mm, the Have it be understated? I don't think it's understated, no. I think it's fine. fine no, but, no it, it is understated in comparison to like not having an effect, right? And this... Sure. But, like it has the same stat line as as beast. Uh, and sure. Beast's yeah. Beast's effect, effect is so much more powerful. Yeah. 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 But it, okay, it doesn't need to have the same effect as like this. Okay, the effect doesn't need to be as powerful as beast's effect. But this effect borderline doesn't exist. It's like almost a card without an effect. And for mm -hmm. that, it's understood. Would mm -hmm. I've, uh, Would you guys be down because we're gonna come short on time to just uh, just go sequentially from here, but to just hit the cards that we know are constructed playable. Like as we go up, like yeah, um, yeah, like like yeah. like literally skip all the the yeah. I don't know. They're not necessarily bad. They're not necessarily bad, but they're less likely to have an impact than some of these cards. So we'll just pick them out as we go. Uh, first one we already talked about Mickey Mouse, like the the one. It's like the four cost and inkable. You can cheat something to play. Has one defense, so maybe in the future, maybe maybe. Well, it's yeah, yeah. Um, we we can hit this Maleficent if if you want. I think that's a relevant card, even though it's not yeah, super played. Up. Not played yeah. right now. If I can remember it correctly. Uh, it is five cost inkable two three maleficent quest for two. Whenever this character quests, you may draw a card. During your turn, whenever you draw a card, you may move one damage counter from chosen character to chosen opposing character. It's kind of like Queen from set one. I, I don't think this card is particularly good, but um, I don't know these draw card effects. I think it's I don't know, out of two three. It's funny, it's like, let's hit the constructive playable cards, then we play this. This card is maybe. What are we doing? <laughs> hey, the, the, honestly, I, I it, to... it was in French and I kind of forgot. <laughs> this, might, this might be. Uh, this is contender for the worst legendary of the set. Brendan, it's let's really, talk really about bad. playable cards. <laughs> All right, Mr. Smee is next. My bad. Mr. Smee. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Cool. I actually do want to talk. Uh, actually, no, that card's bad. Yeah, keep going. Monsieur Mush. Do you have that? Moy, can you remember this card's effect off the top of your head? You should know it. Um, 
Why? Yeah, it's a two. It's a two cost three three. The quest for two yep. in steel. Yep. Um, and when you tap it, if you don't have another pirate, it takes one damage. Currently on Pixelborn, it doesn't count itself, which I think it's is not a, pirate. It's captain, just so you know. Captain, yeah. captain, mm -hmm. captain. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's why it's not mm -hmm. like. Uh, so this card is great. This card is fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. one of my favorite two two drops in the game right now. This is this for me. This is one of the very best cards uh, that I printed this set. It's 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 a two cost three three that can quest for two, which is already impressive enough early game. But this is also an incredible late game. This is good at all stages of the game because early game, this is strong enough that it okay. So this is strong enough to talk, take out anything with three. Is it willpower the HP? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, to take out anything with three willpower, which is extremely relevant with, uh, for example, it can take out a Madame Snake. Not that it needs to because it quests for more, but it can still take that out if it wants to. If you are playing a captain, you can even trade into a 2-3 and have to survive. Even if you don't, trading one for one your opponent's two drop is, is completely reasonable. Uh, but also, let's say your opponent is playing these three threes, you are, a, you are allowed to quest and your opponent has, has to be the one that trades into Bounce this and you. you already got two lord of this. Also, this is uh, incredible late game still because it does all of these really good stuff early game. But also, it's a card that late game you can just if you if you need to be if you want to be threatening a few more lore on this turn, you can just plot this down for two, and it's still above two HP. So it's like extremely flexible, good at all stages of the game. I, I'm I'm in love with this card. The reason I I kind of tackled Moyne on this card a little bit, saying, oh, I don't think this card's actually as good as you think it is, but that's because I read the card wrong. So <laughs> I thought this card was... Uh, I thought this card was just at the end of your turn, uh, if you don't have a captain character in play, deal one damage to this character, right? Which would then mean, coming into turn three, this is a two-cost, three-two, that quest for two, right? Which is still prob probably okay. It's nowhere near as good as the three-three. The fact that this says if this character is exerted is that you guarantee that on turn three this sticks as a two three three. You're gonna guarantee get that two lore is crazy, right? It, yes. I, it, that that's why I, I like. Do you think this card is balanced? No, like no, no. It's yeah, not fair. I think it's, it's the insane. best two drop in the game. Also, yeah. um, I'm I'm trying to highlight how good this card is without taking even into consideration that sometimes you will have captains. This card, if yeah. there was if. If if it was always taking one damage at the end of your turn, if it's exerted, I think even then this would be a good card. Because mm -hmm. um, yep. it's just a 3-3 three, three that... Also, you you get to decide when do you want to use this card. If this one, if this taking one damage is too... would be uh, too much of a downside, you are completely allowed to just save this card for when you actually want to be challenging with it or when you want to be putting down a, a captain or when you actually need that lore immediately. And it's a pirate tag, which will probably be relevant as we get more pirate cards as well. So this is just this just seems really, really powerful. Would yes. you guys say um, that this is contender or possibly just like the best quote unquote between out of commons and uncommons, the best one that we've seen? I think it's the best yeah. card in the set individually without any context. Like Jafar is obviously good, but I mean That's this quite this, fair, honestly. Yeah. You can argue this requires context of captain, but I don't think so. I agree with more. I, think, I so. think this is yeah. the best individual card of the set. And still yeah, I, I agree. And also let, let, we haven't talked about it yet, but let, let's let's talk about the captains. There's, I think the best captain you can play with this is probably Captain Hook as a one drop that makes this stop take, take, it doesn't take damage, you can plot it down early. And Captain Hook is a card that isn't so susceptible of dying anyways, because 
a lot of the time you are not questing with it because it would make your opponent give your opponent a good trade. And your opponent often doesn't exert the characters because your cap nook trades too good with the one cost cap nook. So oftentimes you can just put down the cap nook, it stalls the game, and then you just play Mr. Smee and quest each each time. Um, and then there's also, I think, the three cost captain, the new one. Uh, that's really good. If you're playing with locations, um, it's the one that it's a three three that quests for one but gains plus one resist plus one. Mm, John Silver, isn't it? Location. Yeah, John Silver. Mm-hmm. I think that that one, if you're playing locations, can be really good. And there's Razul, which is a two cost Razul. one three mm-hmm. that does plus two attack if um, it's undamaged. If, if it's undamaged, and that quest but that for quest one, for one. Cards, but it's still fine. Yeah, it's still yeah, current. Even that counts yeah. like all white as a because it's a contest as a three three. Um, probably Captnook is still the best one out of these two to play together with with Mr. Smee, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's just insane. Steel is just getting so much good cards, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I just think Steel it's having all the removal good yeah. enough, but that they also have like the best two drop in the game makes them a very very strong color going yeah. into the. Go ahead, Brennan. Well, I was just saying, I think it's funny how innocuous like the best card in a set can be because you look at like Trenobog, you look at Robin Hood, you look at mm. Jafar, but it's really this two cost three three that is a two cost three three that quest of two is heavily overstated. A two cost three three with a downside that is easily subverted and is also sometimes mm. irrelevant. Um, mm-hmm. Just ridiculous. All right, next up, Robin Hood. Uh, legendary one, right? Yeah. 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 Okay, we have... also, also Little John we need. I know, not uh, John. Actually, sheriff, the sheriff we also need. The sheriff, yeah. Sheriff is actually an interesting case. We'll start with Sheriff of Nottingham. Steel card, four cost, uninkable, two, four. Whenever you discard a card, you may deal one damage to chosen opposing character. It also quests for one. So this card combos... Uh, I mean, I'll let Moyne explain the idea of the whole Beast OTK combo with this card. But in general, this card combos well with cards like uh, the one cost Simba, two cost Cinderella, where you're drawing a card and then discarding a card from your hand, right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, Moin, have you actually hands-on experience playing the Beast OTK deck, or have you played against it so far? Uh, I, I played it a little bit, and it also seemed like a deck that can actually do all right, even without the combo. And that, the combo is quite threatening. You just need the, the six-cost beast to survive one turn, and then mm-hmm. it's another two-card combo on top of that, which isn't the easiest to do, but in a deck that also gets to play a whole new world and be a, a solid deck overall, I think it can actually be a contender for, for the meta. It's a decent deck. Uh, so the, the way the combo works is that you have to play the old six cost beast four five that mm-hmm. um it's every time a char- oppos- opposing character damage you ready this character yeah yes and it quests for two and mm-hmm. then you just plot it down and if it survives you can play the bayou which is a one cost uh three willpower location mm-hmm. that says whenever a character quests while here you may draw a card and choose and discard a card so you just move the beast into it and then you quest, you uh, draw a card and discard a card, and you need to have the, the sheriff on the board, and then being able to discard a card means you get he to deal damage, one damage. He pings the damage, the beast keeps going yeah. and going and yeah. going, yeah. It, and it, you ping it, a damage, it, seems... it resets the beast and just goes. So you get to quest for two for each opposing HP on the board, but it does get countered by resist, and it especially gets countered by Corksworth, which is where we were at the start of the pod. Yeah, but I think also, like, uh, maybe not so much as the Steel Amethyst version, because Steel Amethyst version, like we said, just, just has good cards in that combo deck anyways. I imagine the Emerald Steel one probably has decent, not as high quality as the Amethyst counterpart, but probably still has just decent cards in the deck, right? Or do you think that deck is still way more heavily reliant on the combo aspect? Um, I'm not sure. I think both decks can can work very well without the combo. Mm. I think Emerald yeah. also got a lot of new, new tools, especially with the disruption on songs. Sure. 
Uh, yeah, this uh, Robin Hood is next. It's a five cost ink will three six Floodborne hero. Uh, quest for two, shift three. That's very important. During your turn, whenever this character banishes another character in a challenge, gain two lore. That's really, really powerful. When this character is banished in a challenge, you may draw a card. Also, really, really solid. And I mean, we have the one drop Robin Hood here as well. So you can do the one drop Robin Hood. You could honestly just play the two cost Mistress Me because it's just good. And then shift into Robin Hood. Yeah, it's a powerful shift card for sure. I think this powerful outside of being shifted as well. <clears throat> the fact that it replaces mm -hmm. itself when it dies is really nice. It quests for a good Not amount. always, though. Not yeah. always. If it's removed, yeah, but it's not true. in a challenge, it won't. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so mm. it quests for two as well. And it has that critical defense of six, which is just really, really good. Um, I mean, this is just, for me, this is like the quintessential mid-range card. Like, it's not necessarily an aggro card or control card. It's just a really, really mm -hmm. good card. It does sort of everything I want. Mm -hmm. Next card, I, I want to. Oh, go ahead. Well, I have a lot of things to say still about Robin Hood. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Because uh, I know when I first saw this card, I thought it's like overall well rounded card, pretty good. But I think it's so much better than that. Because um, I, I guess at first I overlooked how good shifting, like a, a good card that's shiftable, that's five cost, is so much better in steel than in any other color because it also means, mm. yes, on top of that, maybe you can sing a whole new word or, or grab your sword. Uh, with it and after having used more cards than your opponent and already having tempo on the board if you shift this on three um so i think that's really good I, the six the six willpower breakpoint is huge because i think a lot of the cards die to along came zeus and this doesn't and i think mm -hmm. people will play a lot of along came zeus i think a lot of steel decks will play four copies of that so i also think a lot of steel decks will just play four copies of this um i think that's just the dynamic that we will have and all of the effects are also just make this card like very hard to ever be bad. And in Steel Amethyst specifically, I like the the curve a lot of where you go. One cost Robin Hood on one, then mm -hmm. two cost Blue Fairy on two, which mm -hmm. is an evasive one one when you play a flat one draw a card. And then you can already on turn three shift the Robin Hood, draw a card off, have the engine set up, have control of the board. You're already able to swing, sing all your world if you want to. Um, so I, yeah, I think in these in steel um, in amethyst steel, you will see this this combo a lot. And in general, I think this is a really really good card. For sure. I think the uh, uh, next card. I, well, go ahead, yeah. Oh, I thought that is the next one. Kita. I was actually going to touch on Simba a little bit because I know on this website it's in a different language, but uh, I just want to read out the card for you guys really quickly. Uh, so it's a seven cost inkable five seven that quests for two. That reads, when you play this character, and whenever he banishes another character in a challenge during your turn, you may choose one, draw two cards, then choose and discard two cards, or deal two damage to the chosen character. Um, I think I like the draw discard on the, the cheap threats, like Simba and stuff like that, for mm -hmm. card filtering, and also the effect if you're doing something with Jafar. Um, seven cost... <clears throat> Yeah, sometimes I feel like if I'm playing seven for a singular character, I want it to virtually win the game. Uh, I didn't think this gets super close to that. Um, I think back to things like Ursula, um, you know, even going a little bit higher than that, things like Elsa. I just don't mm -hmm. see it having a, a quite the same impact. Yeah, I think it also probably needs more immediate impact. Um, also, when comparing it to cards like Medusa or Tremaine, like the six cost on Inkables in in in, uh, in Ruby as a comparison. That that being said, the stat line is a lot harder to deal with, so yeah. it's it's actually hard to remove by by just damage. Um, yeah, for me, this card still needs to do more immediately, 
more, at least be more threatening. I, st- I still think um, it's a little bit behind on pace. Sure. Uh, Brandon, do you want to read out Kida? Yeah. This is one of those. This is a funny one. So Kida is an amber card. It's a 3 5. It costs 5. It's a Floodborne Hero Princess. It's a shift 3. Um, it costs for 2. And it says, perhaps we can save our future. When you play this character, all. Characters get minus three attack until the start of your next turn. Start of your next turn. So that's an interesting effect. Um, I played this card quite a bit, to be honest. Uh, I was underwhelmed with it, but I think that's mostly because the shell I was playing it. The shell I was playing it in, I was like, if I ever played this character, I already had won or lost the game because my deck was pretty mm-hmm. aggressive. Um, I think the effect is is fine. I don't know. All this, this, I feel like this card was hyped. You know, I feel like it was a hyped card. It was making the list. And ultimately, it wasn't performing great for me. Yeah, I, I still like the card a lot. Yeah, um, I think it just often gives you like this extra turn of questing if your opponent's characters are unable to challenge into yours, or, or maybe they have one attack still and can't can't really get to your stuff if if you kill us. So, um, you want to be playing this this card in a deck where you are the aggressor still, because if your opponent can't just quest, then you didn't accomplish all that much. Right, that's only good to stop your opponent's characters from challenging yours. But I think for that purpose, it's good. I want to say the, the shift uh, part of this card is not very important because this is not a card that has more value the earlier you play it. This is a like your finishing tool. You want to be winning the game maybe the turn after you play this or at least the turn after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the next one for us is... Wildcat's Wrench. I mean, honestly, one of the best cards. In- no, that's our spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I think for me, it's actually going up pretty far here. Um, I'm not sure if you guys see anything before Chernabog. Let me know. Uh, let me have a quick look here. Kit Cloud Kicker is, I think, uh, an interesting yeah. one if you want to talk about sure, that a little bit. That's it. the Emerald one. Uh, three cost inkable, two, two. When you play this character, you may return chosen opposing character with two attack or less oh, yeah. to the player's hand. I think that's. Decent card. Yes. What a decent card, in fact. I like that card. It's a great... It's a really fun tempo card. I like that card. I like yeah. these bounce effects. Yep. Promo. <laughs> now you're spoiling to everybody that you got the set early. All right, fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good tempo card. It's it's also a card that heavily profits off the, of going first. Because if your opponent plays a two-drop and you immediately play a three-drop bouncing the two-drop, I think that's when you will gain the most tempo out of this. Um... While if you if your opponent already played a three drop, playing this card might feel underwhelming on your three cost turn. Yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, that's that's completely fair. Next card, I do agree, Brandon is probably. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm just laughing that the five cost Prince John in French, I believe, is Principe mm-hmm. Giovanni. I didn't know John <laughs> was Giovanni in French. It's um, <laughs> got a whole new name. Anyway, Chernobog, go ahead. Uh, I don't think that's French either, Brent. I think that's a, that is Italian. Okay, it says yeah, Italian yeah. on the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, Chernobog, Brandon, go for it. All right, it's a 10 cost uh, amber card. It's a 9 9. Um, it is in a different language. You'll have to read it out. Okay, I'll just read it out. I can read it from memory. <laughs> yeah. So, quest for three. Basically, uh, for each character in your discard pile, this card costs one less. And then it says when you play this character, uh, you basically shuffle all of the characters, uh, all of, yeah, all of the characters from your discard back into your deck. Uh, I play with this card card quite a bit, and I think it's very good. It's a very very powerful card. Um, and 
like there's decks I've seen that are like total build arounds for Chernabog, which can be good. Like like you mentioned earlier, Brendan, a bit of like Chernabog cycling, right? I think that could be kind of interesting. But even when you're not building your whole deck around this card, like I run two of these in my Mufasa build. And yeah. if one, once one of these is played for four or five, like the discount does not have to be that crazy. I think once it gets to five or lower, it's pretty insane. It's 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 just yeah. a, just playing a nine nine that if your opponent doesn't have the hard removal answer for, it's just not going anywhere realistically. I think you're right. Like I don't think this card is you want to build a Chernabog deck. Like I think that that's a huge mm. trap. Actually, I think this mm -hmm. is just. The, the tool that mid-range amber decks needed in order to compete with things like a whole new world or other control decks. Cause like mid-range amber decks, just like, I feel like they had a really tough time in the control decks and they had a really tough time in some whole new world decks sometimes, depending. Um, and this is just like a lot of reach that you can just put into your deck. Um, and it's like a very playable card, uh, especially if your opponent is like wheeling you and stuff. So I think it's it, very good against wheel. Like yeah. if you think about it, even if you have a large hand and they get like, you know what I mean? Then all of your, your character cards from your hand then end up in your discard. And if you draw into a Trudabog, then you can answer it pretty well. This is like a mid, like the, one of the best mid range tools that's been printed uh, for Amber, mm -hmm. which is, I felt like it got phased out of the meta because of the wheel decks. What makes this cut strong is the combination of it being really hard to remove and it being really threatening. Their opponent cannot ignore this, but they can't also cannot really deal with this. Um, so it's, it's, it's an anti steel duck, uh, steel cut for a lot of reasons. Um, basically, two main reasons. One, it's, it gets better for each time you get wheeled. And two, uh, steel. Steel's removal is damage-based, which means it will be very hard for them to deal 9 damage. Um, so this is like the perfect anti-steel cut, steel cut, but at the same time, I can also see this working very well in Ember Steel yourself. Maybe you're playing a deck that focus... Because right now, the real decks are focused on gaining card advantage by, by reading, right? Yeah, Getting ahead right. on the board, using more cards, and then just reading. But maybe it's also possible, which I haven't tried yet, that you just play lots of characters also in your deck, and you don't actually need to play all your cards, you just reel, and if you happen to draw into a Chernobog, uh, you have like this huge tempo swing to gain out of it. Yeah, that's like, interesting. Like, I haven't thought, I haven't thought about that. Yeah. What if you're also like recurring your Chernobog from the graveyard as well, so you could like wheel your own Chernobog, recurred from the graveyard, and because you're wheeling away all these redundant characters, your Chernobog costs like two or three. Mm, yeah, that, cool. that, that can work as like just play the, playing the four cost Hades just in case you need to be returning a channel. Or the song, the was it part of your world? Three cost and equal song. It's the same thing. You grab a character card out of your discard. You'd probably want to mm -hmm. play the, maybe, I think you'd want to play the song, but maybe the Hades loop is infinite as well. So it just gives you more True. reach. But yeah, some sort of graveyard focused deck, which you really haven't seen up until now. Because I think currently Trader Box is really shining in the mid range decks because the mid range decks just, yeah, they died to control decks. It was really bad. Mm -hmm. um, so. Fantastic card. Yep. Um, I don't think it's busted though. I think a lot of people once it came out were like, "Holy shit, a nine nine! Uh, it's really, really <laughs> good card." But um, I think it's just a tool that's fitting into some of these these deck archetypes that we're really lacking behind uh, in set one and set two. Yeah. Next card I want to touch on is uh, just up a little bit here, guys. It's the Bare Necessities yeah. Two Cost Inkable Amber Song. Uh, chosen opponent reveals their hand and discards a non-character card of your choice. So this is just the answer. I think this is just a good tool to answer any combo decks that really rely on songs. Yeah. You know, you put this card into the meta right now. I mean, I think if you put this card into the meta right now, it would make the current Amber Steel song just so good because you just remove the whole new world from your opponent's hand, the BB press from your opponent's hand, and then it's just, yeah. 
just solid card overall. Yeah, this is like very. This is disruption, but at its low, lowest cost. It's inkable and and it's a song and it's and it's kind of cheap and it can hit not just hit songs. It can hit any any non character. So it is a very very good tool to to be able to to have. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think uh, we're coming to the. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just like as we come to locations, what are y'all's yep. thoughts about locations just in general? Um, I think that a lot of them have been not very impactful, but I wouldn't say the locations are bad at all. Uh, but ultimately like location, like this set is like the, the, the marquee new mechanic of the set is locations. And I think if you were to queue up on ladder when it releases in the next coming week, you would see a lot of locations you'd expect after a set that came off the back of that. That being said, uh, there's some super powerful ones, uh, particularly in Ruby, Ruby and Amethyst are the ones that I've liked. Other than that, I, I don't think I've liked any any others. You know, the Pride Lands has a combo, an infinite combo, um, with Simba and Double Snake and the Merlin that was in the starter deck that gets extra lore. But yeah, so far my favorites are the uh, the Sorcerer's Tower and then the red one. I think it's the Jolly Roger. Yeah, the uh, well, the red the under the Roger, RLS Legacy, right? RLS yeah, the Legacy, one like it's a, that's it, yeah, yeah evasive. Uh, the only other one that I actually do like a fair bit is Montanui, which is the Sapphire one. So two cost inkable, five health type. You have to pay one to move the card there. Whenever character is banished while here, you may put that card into your inkwell face down and exert. I think it's fine. I don't think it's anything amazing, but I think as a location, it's uh, it's, yeah. it's whatever, yeah. But I don't think I, I, any of the other locations, they don't really stand out to me as being super impactful. And like the idea of like the Bayou, like you're saying, mine is like, I don't think we're going to run this card in any other deck besides that OTK deck, right? Because it's a one, because it's it's literally a one cost three health location. So yeah, it's just yeah. just for the combo. Um, mm-hmm. I I guess I, I so I I think all of the four cost ones are inherently uh, better because they can they're the best targets to be cheated out by the Jimmy Jimmy mm-hmm. uh, Hawkins. Jim Hawkins and yeah. so, but other than that, I think. Yeah, the queen. Yeah, okay. The, all the four cost ones are good, and then Jolly Watcher mm-hmm. is also decent, and maybe even the bad ones can be played in a deck where you want where you're playing with the the three cost prince pirate that the quest for more and has more resist. If, if you're playing locations, maybe in that deck you can go for a lot of locations. And other than that, I think you will just uh, plot in a few locations into some decks because it also makes you better against board wipes mm-hmm. and. Mm. It gives you uh, a game plan against decks that are very good at controlling the board, but not necessarily at challenging your characters. Like I think a lot of maybe Sapphire Steel or other Steel decks can, could be a lot better at controlling the board with, with their removal tools and damage tools and Hades and stuff, but they're actually very bad at, at taking out these locations and just having this game plan of plotting down a location that quests for two with high, high willpower is one way to still try being the aggressor against these decks. Yeah. I tried playing um, Tiana's Palace in an aggro deck, mm-hmm. and it was not good. Because aggro decks don't pressure your opponent's uh, characters on board, so they're developing the board. You're obviously not challenging. And yeah, I thought it was going to be good on tempo, but it just really it just really wasn't to be honest. Like and I couldn't I didn't have enough resources to move things there. It was like it was too much of a tempo loss for me to deploy a three cost to it. Like or... No, I I think it's like but the castle's also different because like the, it includes the it has a little bit of a higher cost so you can move stuff there. Um 
but at eight willpower um, with RLS legacy, I think that can work well in a, in a more aggressive or mid range aggressive deck. Maybe not like full full aggro deck. Uh, also, looking at Mech Dark Mana, I, I think nine willpower is a lot against some of the slower decks. It's like more in a slower matchup, but there, but there you just plot on this location and it can do a lot of work. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see it for sure. Um, yeah, they're cool. They're it's weird. Uh, I'm actually happy they're not insanely overpowered. Uh, to be honest, they just seem they seem to get splashed into some decks, and yeah, they're just they're just like another tool to tool to utilize. Yeah, I think it's that is a good spot for them to be in where you can fl- spoil. Put a few into your deck, but it's they're not just straight up or good all the time. It's just like they add a different layer to the game with a different uh, type of game plan that you can pursue if the situation is right for it. I think the next one is Parad- Paradida. Yeah, this is, this is your yeah. Card. You, you, you could talk. You could talk about Genie as well if you want, since it's kind of like a amethyst uh, draw card. But it, it seems really slow to me, honestly. Yeah, I would. I'd be surprised. That card seems super slow. Um, mm-hmm. with yeah, four cost but, uh, people, it's like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, so I'll talk about uh, Perdita um, a little bit here. And what's really funny about Perdita is uh, for the first little while, I haven't played Pixelborn since, but this card only quest for one on Pixelborn, it was bugged and it was still really good. Like, I really, really, really liked this card. And if that's if that's anything to go by, then you know the card must be good. Um, so, six cost uninkable, one six amber card, but quest for two. So, the stat line for the cost is really not great. But she reads, when you play this character and whenever she quests, you may play a character with cost two or less from your discard for free. Uh, and again, I was playing this in a Mufasa deck. I think always the best target I wanted to bring back most of the time was actually that Pluto. So I could continue to get some kind of um, mana reduction. Uh, I often brought back Simba as a bodyguard tool to just protect against some of my characters. Uh, but o- overall, I just, I just think this card is like really good. Be, the reason it's really good is because it's the same as Hiram in terms of when you play this character and when she quests, you're guaranteed to get two triggers off of this card pretty much unless your opponent um, instantly answers it. Uh, I'm a little bit scared here. Moyne's smiling. I hope he doesn't tell uh, me It's a good smile. You can, you can tell. Okay. I'm safe. I'm safe. Yeah, oh I, my yeah, God. I love this card. I think this is one of, one of the best cards as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, as you said, it gives value immediately when you play it. Like almost all the time, it's not mm-hmm. not very hard to have a two cost or less in your discard. Um, and then she is not that easy to remove. Mm-hmm. And on, on every, so it's like you're you're threatening so much questing the turn you play out. For me, when I when I tested with her, the mm-hmm. the target I used the most was probably Piglet. And then playing mm-hmm. this and returning a Piglet is already threatening five lore. Crazy. And if you get that mm. off, you also get another character off. Um, yeah, so I, I think this card is a very, very strong mid-range aggressive card. Mm-hmm. All right, the big sure. bad, the big hmm. bad Jafar. Yeah, do you want to read about? Yeah, it? yeah it's a uh, um, it's a it's a amethyst card. Seven cost inkable, four five quest for one shift five has evasive during your turn while this character is exerted. When you draw a card, gain one lore. Card that everybody's talking about. Will it yeah. break the game? Well, it's just a good card. It's a good. It's a good card. It's a very, very good card. But it's the card that I think everyone instantly saw this card and were like, "Oh my god, what has Lord Kana become?" That's so, what people's initial reaction was. Yeah. What's interesting about this card is I think that if a whole a whole new world didn't exist, this card actually wouldn't be that good. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, it would be a bad card. I think. Yeah. Yes. Which is which is funny. So it's a very specific. 
kind of thing you're trying to do with it. Also, I think what makes this card so powerful is that shift five and that evasive keyword. So the evasive yeah. keyword is allowing you to dodge a lot of like interaction and activate him multiple times. So if your opponent is not playing a hard removal uh, color, you can just act. You're just, I mean, how are they dealing with the Jafar? They have to, they have to target it directly. They're not dealing with it via combat. So if you're behind on board, you're not getting punished for it. And shift five is like, yeah, I mean, you're just you're consistently shifting. If there's multiple relevant Jafar Jafar cards you can shift onto, the, the two cost one is going to get you the most uh, resource efficiency. But the four cost Jafar is a freaking house of a card. Like it's a three four that draws a card when it challenges. Just a good card. Um, and it's a flatborn for Blue Fairy. Yeah, for Blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this card is um yeah, it's really for as long as whole, a whole new world is in the format. And I know I know we had a comment in one of our videos. It was like a uh, whole new world is so broken. And I don't, like. Yes, a whole new world is powerful. Like we know that. Um, and a whole new world, like if you were to ask me, you need to bet your life savings on what card is going to get banned in the next two years in Lorcana. I'm obviously going to pick a whole new world. Like that's just that's mm. the card. <laughs> but um, I thought it was balanced, and I still kind of think it is, even in set three. But nevertheless, yeah. If this if a whole new world ever leaves the format, this card's terrible. Mm -hmm. But right now with whole new world in the format, this is like. Still meta warping in a sense as yeah. there's a there's a deck you completely build around this. It's not clear how to properly build that deck best yet. How how all in do you want to go on this game plan? Uh, how or like do you, do you want to play cards that are actually kind of bad if you for the normal game plan, but help you pursue this game plan? And how many of those do you want to include into your deck? Um, and building that deck is a, a very difficult and interesting puzzle. And the Jafar deck, even even when they do shift it and and sing one whole new world, I think that yet that you can come back from that because mm, definitely, yeah, it's just it's just seven lore. If it's not like that's that there's an incredible amount of tempo behind it, even if they wield you, if you can af remove it afterwards and keep pushing the board, I think you can still win from that point. But it is it is it's it is definitely tough. There's a lot of counterplay to this card. Um, but it's a little narrow. You can either disrupt it with, with Ursula or Bear Necessities, try to discard their wheels, or you can try to, to remove their, yeah. their smaller Jafars, with, which basically only Steel can do reliably. I think they took a risk when they put Evasive on this character. Um, yes. Yeah, I think that that's the, that's the big stretch. It's really not the combo. Like, oh, okay, I've put this two card combo together, I've wheeled, and I got seven more. Like that, it, you can't come back from that. The, this card is pretty hard to interact with, and I mean, you're going to see decks react, and you already have. Like most decks that are not trying to go under this deck have, you know, four copies of how am I dealing with Jafar, both the small ones and the big ones, and it's a huge constraint on deck building right now. Um, but it, yeah, it's a powerful card. It's power. It powerful sure. effect. <laughs> I'll say that. I think next one is uh, uh, I think Ursula is worth talking about. I yeah, Ursula. I, there's also some card. cards we skipped that I think we should still talk about if yeah. we find the time. Mm -hmm. uh, so Ursula's uh, Emerald card, legendary, three cost, inkable, two, three, quest for one. One of this character sings a song. You may play that song again from your discard for free, then put it on the bottom of your deck. So if you pair this with friends on the other side, you're going to draw four cards. If you pair this with uh, Emerald Steel, this seems really good, right? Because you, I assume you can target something for two, draw a card, target another thing for two, draw yes. a card. Like that seems ridiculous. Um, yeah, overall, super powerful. I'm, 
I, I don't know why, like, I'm I'm thinking about this card. Originally, I thought about this card, like, imagine there was another card in Lorcana that said, give a card, like, Singer 5. Imagine how broken this card could be then. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. the card's very good there, but imagine that was the thing that existed, like, oh my god. Yeah, I'm surprised, uh, uh, I'm surprised I haven't really encountered this card yet. This seems like a card, like, now that I've been exposed to it, I'm gonna brew it. This card seems really powerful. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's, this card can do incredible things, and... It's also at this three willpower point where it's not easy to move and your opponent will want to be removing this. Um, and there's, there's a lot of nice payoff. Like Most of it, I guess, being a little bit of card advantage or actually being able to remove two cards with one song, which is an incredible amount of tempo. Yeah, awesome, awesome effect, to be honest. Like it, it, yeah, it, Milo kind of did it already in set three, but it's opening me up to the idea of playing an Emerald deck, which was definitely <laughs> not on the menu before. Alright, Gramatala. Yeah, Gramatala is a Sapphire Legendary card, Spirit of the Ocean, 7 cost inkable 4, 8, that quest for 2 with shift 5. Whenever a card is put into your inkwell, gain one lore. So, uh, this is a very interesting card. I've brewed a lot with this personally within a Ruby Sapphire deck. Um, and I think it's... I want to say it's good, uh, but not insane. Uh, I think it's it, 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 there's potential with the card for sure. One of the main combos if you will is there's the five cost song um friend like me which when you sing it you take uh, the top three cards the top three cards off of each player's deck and put them into each player's inkwell yeah so you gain three lore from doing that but how i mean like let me just put something in perspective how powerful is that when you compare it to something like jafar which also costs seven which is also doing something way more broken but i mean within a ruby sapphire deck that is that little bit slower that wants to be ramping anyways I think Gramatala is uh, is decent, but from my Ruby software testing so far, um, I don't know. It just hasn't blown me away yet. Yeah, I wonder if it's like the you know the last few cards of whatever deck you're putting it into. Uh, mm. I've I've played against it quite a bit, and I think that once this card hits the battlefield, it's a threat. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but ultimately, is it too clunky? Uh, like a little bit slow for the effect again? Because this card is way different, than Jafar. Like I, when this card hits the battlefield, I feel. I don't feel comfortable removing it and going long with it mm. or playing a mid-range game plan against it. That would be a nightmare. But I feel like I can race this card pretty often, actually. Um, maybe it was because I was on more aggressive-oriented decks when I was playing against it, but it it didn't feel nearly as impactful as something like like a Jafar. Although it is in a different, you know, it's in a different ink that specializes in doing different things. Um, I think this card is potentially powerful, but I could also see it just ultimately not making the cut. That's a fair assumption, I think. I agree with, with you guys as in that I think the card's decent, but like nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, a few points I want to add is like, I guess it's Sapphire is good at ramping, and this is a card that, because, but then once they ramp, they also need to be able to race you. This is a card that helps them do that because it requests for effectively at least three. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a way for them to gain, like, let's say late game, uh, they actually need an immediate lore. It's, it's also a way to do that. One or maybe a little bit more with Fishbone crits. Um, and the other point that I think is interesting is that this is Shift 5 mm-hmm. and and it's a Gramatala. Gramatala, the two-cost Gramatala, one one that when it's mm-hmm. banished, it's put, put mm-hmm. into your inkway, so far was like borderline good enough to see play. But the reason it, it then often wasn't that uh, living up to its potential was that people were just ignoring the card and then you need to be the one that's trading and then only next turn you are getting the extra resources. But 
with Gramatala being a card that your opponent wants to be ignoring, this this is the punishment for them if, if they chose to ignore it, because let's say you go Gramatala on two, Fishbone Quill or Mickey Mouse on three, on turn four you have five ink, and if they ignored your two cost Gramatala, mm -hmm. you can you can shift this for five. Um, and this gives this puts your opponent a little bit into a dilemma because either they're ignoring it and giving you the, the option to shift your bigger Gramatala, or they are actually uh, banishing your your smaller Gramatala, which they usually won't want to be doing, and they, they give you an extra resource. Um, so I think that's a card that uh, that that's a, a dynamic that definitely makes this card better. And I think without that dynamic, this card would maybe not even make the cut, but with that dynamic, I think the cut's actually decent in Sapphire decks. Mm -hmm. Agreed. All right. Uh, I think any other ones you want to talk about, Brandon? No, I think we're up to probably Rafiki. Uh, the zero two in Amethyst, mm -hmm. the one cost. Uh, we get it's a zero two Dreamborn Mentor Sorceress, Challenger plus three, quest for one. It says whenever this challenges a hyena character, the character takes no damage. Um, this character takes no damage. So the hyena thing doesn't matter. It's just a, a one three in Amethyst, uh, basically, or one cost. 3-2 that you, three, can, two. Uh, you can trade with. We tested with it. Um, it seems... I don't know. It just seems like whatever. It's like it's it's relevant if you... like. I think if there was a lot of threats with a, a 3 defense that were um, you need to answer quickly, it would be a tool I'd bring out, but I'd probably just pick one threes over it at, at this time. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's worse than Captain Hook basically all the time, but it's in a different color, and if you not, don't have access to Captain Hook, that, if you care a lot about 3 willpower. It's a fine inclusion, but even then, um, it's hard to include this over one three because three three willpower is so important, and it's a lot easier to quest with one threes than with a character that has zero strength, uh, because yeah, questing with a zero strength character is just asking for it to be two for one. Yeah. Um, hmm. Next time, Madame we'll Medusa is probably. Uh, actually, I'm talking about Stratnos, to be honest. Um, Stratos, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, sorry, Stratos. The, the Titan, mm -hmm. the 4 4 in Amethyst, cost 5. Storyborn Titan has evasive and it says game, uh, tap it, game more equal to the number of Titans you have in play. So, one thing I want to say is that, like, I don't think something like this will ever be playable as long as the Jafar thing is, like, legal. And not even Jafar, mm -hmm. but, like, you can't be jumping, in, at least in the current format. There's no way you can play a deck that has this kind of cost structure that jumps through this many hoops to have this kind of effect. Like you're just getting similar, what I would consider to be similar effects that are actually more powerful for better rates in other cards. So that's why I think this Titan thing is just not going to work out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, next card I just want to talk about before Madame Medusa is the lamp. It's an item in Amethyst, cost two, it's uninkable, and it says banish this item. If you have a character named Jafar in play, draw two cards. If you have a character named Genie in play, return uh chose a character that's cost four less to the player's hand. So there is I just want to point out there's a there's a Jafar deck that like turbo draws, um, uses stuff like this and it combos outside of it uses a whole new world, but also combos outside of a whole new world for lots of ink game. I think that list is worse than the normal list, but I'm interested in it. I'm actually interested in it because it reminds me of some decks I really enjoy playing in other games. Um, and maybe if we can tune it to, you know, get some better cards in there, it might be a fun deck to play because you touch a lot of cardboard. Uh, Matt, also, go ahead. Also, essentially, two cost, and even if it's a little delayed, to, paying two to draw two cards is very strong. It's very much above weight. Mm -hmm. And let's say if you're playing a lot of Jafar's in your deck already because you want to be shifting onto it. Maybe the condition is not that hard to meet. Um, I think I, I haven't played this uh, with the lamp. I, my Amethyst Steel versions were without the lamp, but it's it's definitely a card 
that's very intriguing because it can be very, very strong. But for this card, I think we should also take a look at Genie because if you have both Genie and Jafar on on, on the board, I think uh, that effect yeah, comes it's very, busted. very powerful. Yeah, it's busted. This is the, yeah, so I think we're, we're talking about the Amethyst Genie. It's a four cost, uninkable, three, five. Um, it costs for one. It says, when this character quests, you may shuffle uh, this card into your deck and draw three cards. Which is a card that um, we gloss over because I don't like it on its own, but like Moyne said, that's a very powerful and potent effect. Um, one thing I'll say is that genie is a four cost uninkable. The lamp is the lamp is already two cost uninkable. The Jafars are also all inkable. So like me meeting the criteria of having a Jafar in my deck versus having this four cost inkable genie, significantly easier to eat. Uh, significantly easier to meet, especially considering Jafar is really the core engine of my of my deck, where genie is more. Of like a tempo game plan when it's out, so. Um, yeah, but four, four cost draw three, would also be pretty decent. It's just it can be removed, and also maybe its its downfall is actually Merlin the Rabbit, because Merlin the Rabbit still draws two cards while having this body that does something like that doesn't just banish itself. And I think I would most of the time prefer this over over the genie draw three, um, just if it if it quests. But that that being said, the the synergy with the lamp is kind of strong, and maybe it can also fit into this like hyper draw type deck. Madam Medusa. Yeah, Madam Medusa card. I'm kind of a big fan of at the moment, honestly. Six cost, uninkable, four, four, the quest for one within Ruby. When you play this character, banish chosen opposing character with three attack. Or less. There was actually a graphic I sent into our podcast group chat of all the characters that this actually can target. I think all of the existing characters, not really any of the new ones, and most of them are decent, right? This can kill off a five drop beast. This can kill off, I don't know, stuff like Ariel, the new Robin Hood, it can kill off. Um, this seems Perdita. like a fine card. Yeah, yeah, uh, Perdita. It, it, it just seems like a fine card. It's like, it's similar to Tremaine, but also very different. Because the targetability of this is really good, but then if you have like a crazy yeah. card with Ward, it obviously doesn't work against yeah. that and stuff. But I mean, honestly, if you ask me, like, oh, would I run four of these or would I run four Tremains? I, I think just running two and two of each is, is maybe okay, mm. but it's, it's very meta dependent, right? Meta -dependent, it's very meta dependent. Yeah. I think Tremaine yeah. is the more powerful card. Uh, like it's not, mm -hmm. it's not super close, but like if all the relevant threats you need to act, you need to answer in a metagame are three cost or less, then this might be what you're going for because Tremaine's biggest weakness is like, ag like kind of like a go wide, but I actually think that this mm -hmm. card is relatively weak to go wide. It's at least weak to aggro as well, because you want to be hitting a super relevant threat. You don't want to be playing this and hitting like a Lilo. It's like just not mm -hmm. great. Um, uh, still better than maybe, um, Tremaine would be in that scenario, but ultimately I like Tremaine more as a card. But I would say in this metagame, and we're 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 week zero metagame. I've been playing on Pixaborn with the spoiled cards. That card seems good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think the the only downside to this card is that it's uninkable, and if your opponent just happens not to not to present you with a board where this has a target, yes. um, that then you you might end up with the somewhat that uninkable card in hand, um, which Tremaine doesn't do. But this has the big upside of of being able to specifically target some high priority threats that still have three or less strength. Um, against a lot of the threats, maybe you could still set up a board which, which Remain would hit, but I, I would I would say uh, the the card that this is best against 
in comparison to Tremaine is probably Perdita because Perdita always gets something small that they could sacrifice and then they just mm -hmm. quest with Perdita again. Well, this this card is actually in, insanely efficient at, at dealing with the Perdita. Mm. Um, so if, if you see a lot of Perdita, that would f make me favor Medusa over Tremaine. Also notably this quest for one less than Tremaine, which, which Yes, matters. that's a, I think that's, that's actually very, that's, yeah. that's very significant, honestly, yeah. And yeah. I think that uh, Tremaine... I mean, would I take the the extra attack point off of this Madame Medusa and give an extra lower value? One hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. There... I think that's it. I don't think there's any there's much more to talk about. Uh, I think there's one card I, I might get your guys' opinions on, which is Lucky, just because it's kind of an interesting card in that kind of go wide uh, amber steel aggro deck. Uh, so it's a an amber card, four cost, uninkable, two three. The quest for one that has an ability tap. Uh, reveal the top three cards of your deck. You may put each character card with cost two or less into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. Whenever this character quests, if you have four or more other characters in play, your other characters get plus one lore this turn. Do we think this is like, it's like way too aggro-y? Like, you know, the cost is high to, to pay, or do you think this, this could see play in some decks? Well... Hmm. <laughs> I just don't know if this is it's weird. I'm actually like, I just don't know if this is a, an aggro card. It adds, it adds a lot of reach to aggro, but I feel like aggro in Lokana doesn't really need reach. It feels more, it's weird because it also doesn't go in mid range because your mid range cost structure couldn't be two or less. I mean, yes, yeah. it's, it's tough. It's tough because the effect is theoretically extremely powerful, but mm -hmm. the deck building constraints, I don't know how much they work together. I saw this played against me in the Dalmatian deck, you know, like they were, they had like 99 mm -hmm. of those two threes in their deck and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, they lost because that's a terrible strategy, but um, <laughs> I don't know, this is kind of actually, this is like one of the first cards that's kind of stumped me, to be honest. Uh, I would say that's not very good. I think Uninkable, those deadline, and the first time you use it, like every time you draw with this, you're not doing the other thing. Uh, so you always have to choose between those two mm. effects, um, and and as you said, I think and as in, in I wouldn't. It's this is not very well positioned in any type of deck because in an, in an aggressive deck, I would I wouldn't want to play this on four, and then on five draw cards. I I would want to be already threatening stuff that's immediate like immediately getting me me closer to twenty long, and in in any deck that's not that aggressive we're actually not drawing that many cards of this effect. So it's like, I actually think the first part of this effect kind of doesn't exist. I think if I use this card, it's only for the second part and then to gain a lot of lore. And I think if, if, I, if I would be able to stick that many characters, I would already be doing well enough. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think the card fits into any deck after evaluating it more. Yeah, I think you're right. I really do. Um... Interesting card, though. Interesting card. Mm -hmm. if, if you have a little bit of time, there's a few cards I want to get your opinions on that we skipped over. Sure. Yeah, I think we've got some time. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, so there's one card that I was initially high on, and now, after a few few games, uh, a few days of, of playing games, uh, I'm much lower on, and it's Idra. Uh, the Hydra? Oh, the Hydra. Yeah. Oh, Hydra. Yeah. It's, it's actual yeah, yeah. name. So it's a six cost, uninkable six five. Um, when this character is damaged, they do the same amount of damage to a chosen opposing characters. So first mm -hmm. I was very high on this card because I was like, it, this, maybe I was thinking too much about playing this on empty board because it's like, if I'm ahead and I play this, it's always good. 
it's it's hard to remove and if they remove it i can still uh remove anything that they have on on, on board if they remove it with damage and it's a threat that costs for two um yeah what, what do you guys think about it uh, i thought that it was decent with uh or i i, I said i thought I haven't even played it with this card, but I think it can be decent with like teeth and ambitions, right? Because yeah. then suddenly you're dealing four, four damage and stuff. But I came to the same conclusion in terms of I didn't think it was that that powerful. That being said, I might not have been playing it in the yeah. correct deck, right? Oh. I think it, it goes in a very specific type of deck. If it was the card that you described, Moyen, that like you just put it out of your head, it's always good, then maybe. But there's, there's, there's times where I felt like this card can kind of be dead because you're basically throwing this out on turn six and it's not it's not really doing anything like I, yeah, I, you know what i mean you're playing this in turn six i think on turn six you need to really be kind of trying to do something impactful or doing something immediately and i don't think this card is great for that what do you think brennan so i didn't like this card because <clears throat> it's like a weird there's like a weird thing you're trying to do especially in this color um this card is like basically all about winning board um which is fine but it's also in a color that can just neutralize board uh via something like mm. be prepared it's like I, i'm just playing this to be ahead in like board and combat uh on turn six and i'm adding these additional cards in order to try to do that like teeth and ambitions which is like of course that's, well, you don't have to use anything i know of course that's powerful. I, was like, I feel like this goes in, you, in steel in steel ruby that doesn't play be prepared maybe yeah but i don't know i, I was thinking that you also get if your opponent just ignores it you get to challenge into something and then use the effect kill something else so it could can use one challenge to still kill two things um, but yeah, I think what Carver said is basically why I'm low on the card now, because it's also Ruby has so many good options that do something immediately for these, mm -hmm. uh, for cost five and six. Like you could be playing Maui, Medusa or Tremaine. And instead I'm just playing something. I'm just playing gets, a six, five. Yeah. yeah. So I'm get, get, get playing something that does something powerful the turn after, but I mm -hmm. think there's too, you want to be doing something immediately and there's enough cards that would do that instead. So think this card will just most of the time not make the cut in comparison to those cards mm. probably just a good heuristic for just cards in general Narcana is you're looking for something that has immediate impact versus something mm -hmm. like this that's like this static uh ability mm -hmm. to help you win board on turn seven plus could be Next. a good card in a certain type of deck is what i'll say like i don't think the card is bad yes. by any means but it's just uh, less impressive than what i think we initially thought yeah for sure mm -hmm. and then Anything next else, Cherna box minions as a very oh, flexible yeah. one drop. Mm -hmm. So one cost two one. Whenever this character quests, you may banish this character to draw a card. Um, yeah. Yes, I think this card's pretty decent. Also, not easy to evaluate because it's this, it's this one drop where you get to decide whether you actually need it. As a, so, a two one would never be good, but you get to decide. You get to play it and then decide later do I actually want to use this as a two one or do I just say okay. Mm. I, Let's just say I didn't play one drop, I still got a quest, I draw a card now. Yeah. And it's also can thin your deck maybe for Jafar or get a, an extra law later with Jafar. But yeah. I, th I think that's not the main point of this. I think the main point of this is this pseudo one drop where I can still maintain card advantage if I decide, oh, actually a card in hand is better than yeah. one drop. That's, yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like the dynamic is less relevant nowadays because we have not a min, but I remember in set one, like he, you would often draw the one drop in Ruby Amethyst, and whether you like, let's say you're on the play, so you have no information on what your opponent's curve looks like. 
uh, figuring out if it's correct to deploy the one drop or not was actually like a big a big decision because you might need that for ink. Where this yep. is basically saying is like you can free roll deploy the one drop, and you know maybe you don't draw the modem in, so you don't need to b- bounce it back, and now you deploy this. So let's say you, you open a hand, you have this, and you don't have modem in, but you're if you you need to deploy your one drop. Because if you draw Mono Mim as the top card off your deck and you don't have anything on the board, it's really bad. So now you can deploy this onto the board and you still have the flexibility of using the Mono Mim, bouncing it back. And if you don't draw the Mono Mim, you just cash this in for a draw whenever it doesn't trade well on board. It's just very flexible, I guess. Seems good. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a nice addition as a potential one drop. Especially yeah, I think, with the, I think, the Mono thing. I think I do agree with Brennan, though. It's a weird card to evaluate coming into coming off of a meta and a set that was very much i play my one drop i bounce it back in these kind of amethyst decks right i think it's good in those mm-hmm. too for that for that reason where it's like if you don't draw the mono you can still deploy it and not have it like a dead one drop which is effectively just disc mm-hmm. it's like kind of like discarding a card if you put down a two one because it can just die so easily um and if you're playing a control deck that needs ink like that um i like it but it, we live in the world of one threes i feel like nowadays in the mm-hmm. one drop slot if you're not playing aggressive one drops you live in the world of one threes because of how uh how things die um, still. but there's still a lot of two twos being played that want to be shifted upon mm-hmm. and play, playing this card down at least makes your opponent maybe not pressed with those so it's, it can still like prevent some law from being gained and then you just say okay i actually don't need the two one anymore i draw a card yeah and if if they quest with their two two you just take the trade and slow them down a little bit yeah, it's definitely um, definitely good. Any other the the, fo- the four cost grandma Tala? Okay, sure. Go ahead. Um, mm. so four cost three three in Sapphire. There was only one ocean. When you play this character, look at the top two cards of your deck. You may add one into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. So the main reason I also want to talk about this is because we also have the shift grandma Tala. Um, maybe on its own, it's an maybe a little below what we would like in power level but with the five cost grammatala is that enough reason to make me want to play the I think, four cost grammatala i think it's a card that can be considered the reason why i didn't run it in my ruby software version is because the four drop slot was already uh contested i know it was definitely contested by hiram right because you could do like you know you do your ramp at the hiram and you do that um I think it was contested by something else. I can't remember what, what it is off the top of my head. But if you really want to focus on the shifting stuff, I don't think it's a bad card because you're going to... But Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it is when you play the character, right? I thought for a minute it was mm-hmm. when you quested. Yeah, I think I think if, if your whole goal is to do the shifting stuff, it's not a bad card because you're just going to draw a card well, for four. There's an interesting dynamic going on because the fundamentals of shifting are that you want to shift uh, any high-cost character onto the lowest-cost character possible because that's the actual cost you incur by playing the, the card. So if you have two... Mm-hmm. Uh, the low-cost Grammatol plus Grammatol, it's, it's five, right? Or does... I don't know if the other one costs one. So you're incurring seven costs, which is the original cost of the card anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But the difference with this is that it replaces itself, so it offsets that cost because you would effectively be playing nine in that case mm-hmm. you'd be playing nine for a big grandma tall but you're offsetting that the actual ink cost that you're incurring by replacing the card with the draw so yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> well, that, all, all that. that to say you don't know <laughs> yeah, i think it's a, it's a, in general without that just four cost three three quest for one search one of the top two cards is still it's actually all right yeah. yeah it's okay but i think it's mm. still a bit slow yeah. Um, okay. Also, the the five cost Captain Hook, which is I think that's a uh, very important card to evaluate. It, it is good. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it is enchanted. Yeah. But it's it's basically really good with the with that Jolly Roger location, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
because you give it rush and then as soon as you kill something you ready it and then you can just kill something else the, the the bottom text i don't think is relevant at all unless we actually see that other peter pan in the meta characters named peter pan lose evasive and can't gain evasive but this is um if you have that jolly roger location this is basically a maui uh, that's a little bit tinier, but can, can kill off a few things. I don't think it's bad. And again, it's a villain, pirate, captain, all very important tags, I think, you know? Yeah, it stops me from taking damage. It's a pirate for Jolly Roger. Okay, so to read it out, during your turn, whenever this character banishes another ch character in a challenge, ready this character, you can quest for the rest of this turn. And Peter Pan's lose evasive, but that's not important. And so it's a 5 cost 5-4 in Ruby. So the, the, the closest comparison would be Scar. So with a Jolly Roger, this is similar to playing a Scar on 5 that just can banish all of your opposing characters as long as they don't have too much strength that are exerted. Ankle Scar on 5, yeah, that's really good. It's really good. Mm -hmm. There's also, I guess, the synergies with, like, Queen of Hearts, where every time you challenge, you draw a card or sheer card. Mm -hmm. Every time you challenge, you gain a lore. Um, it only really goes into Jolly Roger pirate decks, but it is one piece to make those cards content, uh, to, to make Jolly Roger pirate decks actually a deck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I got to awesome. ask you guys one final question, which is now that you've reviewed the set, you played with the cards, Into the Inklands. <laughs> <laughs> into the Inklands at three of Lorcana. Bulk or not bulk? <laughs> uh, I think uh, it's, man, it's not bulk I'm, at all. I'm very impressed, honestly. I, I think. Um... I think I'm more excited after reviewing the cards and already playing with some of the cards for this set than I kind of was for the last set, yeah. which is weird to say because last set was like the first new expansion, right? Besides the, the initial set, but it just seems like there's so many different options of decks to play compared to the last set that, that don't, that also don't feel so forced. I feel like a lot of the deck archetypes last set really felt like, oh, you got to do all of this to make it work, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, there's a lot of different things you can do. Yeah. Like and and you know steals like decks that have already existed like Steel Song and Ruby Amos and stuff. I'm sure they can still exist, but I think it's important that we will see them kind of shaken up in a in a different way, right? I I I think right now, I don't know. You guys have probably experimented with it more than me, but like, what's what does the Ruby Amethyst version actually look like in in this set? Is it even any way a contender compared to what some of the craziness we're going to see from other colors? Yeah, right? We it's it's going to we be really interesting. With it for sure. <laughs> mm. But, uh, I think it just adds Jim Hawkins and four cost locations, and other than that, it's a similar deck. Yeah, same gotcha. deck. Um, um, yeah, you might... yeah, I think it's yeah. It, as you said, like there's a lot of cards that are much more flexible in what you need to do to make them work, mm -hmm. and which opens like this new new ways and new color combinations to be testing out that are not so predetermined as maybe they used to be. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like we have a lot of Legos, and we have to figure build out build them in certain to... ways. Yeah, we can yeah. build our own our own little uh, structures. Yeah, and maybe yeah. before it felt like we already were told what to build. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit less the case now. Also, if we, if I can add one cut that I forgot, <laughs> I, I want to talk about blue. Oh, blue is good. Blue is interesting. Yeah, mm -hmm. we skipped it. It's a three cost uninkable bodyguard in amber. Uh, that's bodyguard. Let's make. Let's make like a tree. When this character is banished, gain too long. So you just plot this down as zero attack, but it still protects your stuff from immediately being challenged. And it it's very hard to, for this not to gain lore. It needs to be put into your ink well or bounced back to hand. Otherwise, this will gain lore. Yes. Um, 
So I think this is I think it's a good aggressive card. I agree. Also, blue. Sure. I think it's blues from the Jungle Book, which is just objectively the best Disney movie ever created. Uh, for whatever. <laughs> well, did you know? I I learned this through through Kim watching Tailspin. So this is blue from Tailspin, what the? which is like the the uh, the TV. It's like it's like an animated TV series, but basically, like Baloo and Shere Khan are like uh, like Baloo is like a pilot. Shere Khan's like some like there's a picture of Shere Khan in a suit in this in this, which is really weird, but uh. Yeah, King Louie, like all these characters from the Jungle Book are also in this TV series, which is kind of crazy, but yeah. Uh, you got to preserve the essence of the VHS. T- you know, I used to watch a <laughs> lot of VHS D- Disney movies at my grandparents' house when I was a kid, and I remember just having to rewind those things. I mean, I, yeah. that's funny I say that, because like, Colin, you probably didn't do that, actually. I did. What? I watched some stuff in v- VHS, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, one of our friends, actually, we don't, I don't have it here with us, but actually gifted us a, a, a Brother Bear v- VHS of uh of the thing yeah. i've seen some people on twitter as well use the vhs boxes as a uh, deck boxes. yeah i've seen that i've cool. seen that uh yeah and for anybody that doesn't understand that context of us i think come on, i think you're like eight years or nine years younger than me how i actually don't know how old you are brendan well i guess well if you said that you're like close to 30 maybe anyway yeah. if you enjoy this episode and you want to leave <laughs> us a review uh it's the number one thing you can do yeah, it's on spotify or apple podcast we read every single review and it helps us so 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 much so we appreciate everyone that has done that already join your question read out on next week's podcast she just a comment on youtube twitter's a brendan apg moin underscore hs maybe moin underscore card games eventually hs <laughs> uh <laughs> underscore cg um yeah, thank you all so much for listening. We're excited for week one of the metagame. You know, we've been playing a lot on Pixel Boy this week. It's been really fun. I think that this set, they've definitely tuned the power level up a bit. Like, like I said, you know, some of the archetypes were a bit uh, signposted. You know, the cards were pretty obvious and went, went in there. Uh, but ultimately, this set is there's a lot more to to play with i think to, to tweak around so uh we're all excited we're excited to start competing in q1 or whatever q q whatever when they finally release op um and i'm sure y'all are excited for that as well so thank y'all so much for listening we'll see you next week Bye.